Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Our bloody goods hippie club. So good. When was the last time you went? Legit, we like to talk about hippie club. Absolutely, yeah. It's not. It's not what happens in hippie club stays in hippie club. Yeah. It's not fight club. Yeah. Um, last time apparently. I was in hippie club, I actually can't remember. It would. It would be a while. Yeah. yeah it'll be. It'll be within the last eighteen months, but probably not in the last twelve months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not like oh, seven years ago. It was no, 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 no. It's one of the great venues, not only in Perth, but Australia-wide. I've been to some venues. Hippie Club is right up there. We do have listeners all around Australia and even outside of Australia. If you have no idea what we're talking about with Hippie Club, just look up Hippie Club. Get, look at some pictures. And it's and it's H-I-P-E. Yes. Don't let anyone tell you it's H-I-P-P-I-E, yeah. H-I-P-P-Y. They do play on the hippie theme. Yes. You know, the signage and stuff. There's like a... There's a, there's a um, the DJ booth is like a... A VW, like a van. Yeah, yeah. You ever so, noticed that? Yeah, yeah. I've been. They play on that, but it How is. How many times hit- have you been there? A handful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday well, night. It's a good. It's a good place to be. Uh, or oh, Tuesday night, Friday night, Saturday night. It's a very good venue. I mean, uh, Tuesday Monday nights. Night. Tuesday, no, not Mondays. <laughs> Tuesday nights. Yeah. They do sausage sizzles, like four dollars sausages, like a proper setup out, out the back. Some yeah, of the great. some of the great. You think Bunnings is good? Mm. Head down to Hippie Club at about ten thirty, eleven a.m. <laughs> 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Yeah, good. Like that's the sort of venue we're talking about. They look after the people. Yeah, it's, so, it seems family friendly. So right? we can understand why the boys went out. Yeah, can't we? Yeah, I mean it's hippie club. We mm-hmm. we speak about it a lot on this podcast. It's got that draw that you just can't refuse sometimes. Yeah, I, I do. It's I don't know. I, I'm 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 done to death of going hard. I went hard at the club. You know, players. I, I'm, mm-hmm. We're not going to do that on this show because no. you, you find it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny. Like there was there were seven of them. It wasn't one guy. It's like oh, we found you on the security guard. Like seven is like so <laughs> it's like twenty. Attention. It's like close to twenty five percent of the team was there. <laughs> so so what what I read out of that is yep. um, there's clear confusion and clarity on what the rules were. Well, are there if, rules in place? I don't know. I actually don't know. But okay. if it was like do not go to hippie club or do not, do not go to a venue, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have gone. 
So I think there might have been some confusion. That yep. One of those seven or eight or nine or ten players would have been like, boys, it says we can't do that. We, we're not going to do that. Yeah. They wouldn't have gone if they thought they couldn't go. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Does because, that make sense? you know what? You could almost pass Hippie Club as a bar. Like, a, uh, <laughs> is it because it's considered a club? You could pass it a few other things. It's a, it's a nightclub, mate. There's a big D floor. Yeah. There's bars inside. There's outside. Yeah, up. but they're like, oh, it's basically a beer garden. Outside, inside. They yeah. got, you know, they got stools on the thing. They got, you know, sometimes our dancers up the front. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great venue. It's they great play venue. all the classics. Cotton Eye Joe is a We like to play. You know that's getting a rock. Macarena's coming out. You know that's coming out. And there's a big group Macarena happening in the table. Yes. Um, Charlie, have you been? Have you have you have you been to a hippie club? No, not once, never, not once. Shame. Well, you know what? Haven't lived. Shut your mouth. Fuck off, Charlie. Sit. No, 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 no. Charlie, Charlie, I can't. You be? I can't believe kid. you haven't been to hippie club. Well, you haven't invited me, Will. Yeah, that's so fair. What, back chat Christmas party. <laughs> we'll, we will be at hippie club at some point. That's right, guaranteed. Ryan Davis, friend of the family. Yes, uh, guest month or so ago. Mm-hmm. He has his Look bucks, he's got his WA Bucks party happening here in WA in about a month. Yep. It's at Hippie Club. Yeah, very good. He's a regular frequent of Hippie when he was uh, here. Yeah. Um, well and truly off the rails between West Coast and Gold Coast. <laughs> he was there five times a week. They're only open four times a week. Uh, okay, there we go. Socials, you know where to find us. Backchat, double underscore across Twitter, TikTok, Backchat, uh, Instagram. You'll find us. What? Well, uh, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, a social channel that we're not on is WhatsApp. And can we talk about the? Can I, if you so want. WhatsApp, right? We're not on it, but I know for a fact that is that a social channel. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. Um, one of the things you've talked to me about when you left um, playing for the club was that you were no longer in the player WhatsApp group, mm. which is a sad. You know, I've been a part of WhatsApp groups where it's like you have been removed and you get that little notification. It's not a good feeling. No, it's not. No. Given the state of what's happening at, especially when you're an admin, yeah, right. I was an admin, right? Mm. So they've had to they've had to what, nominate another admin, yeah, bump it's you. It's a process, mate. Right. So in the player WhatsApp group this week, is there what sort of band is happening? Are they? I actually wish I knew. I reckon from experience, um, it's too soon. Okay. I mean, they've all just been handed out the maximum fine you can possibly get, $5,000 each. AFLPA have come out and said they don't agree with that fine by West Coast. They don't even agree with the fact that they couldn't go to the nightclub in the first place. Mm. So they've strongly come out against that, and the club's gone, we don't care, $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, if I was at the club, my, it would Yeah, all, what I'll, would you be writing in the WhatsApp? Or I mean, you would be at the Hippie Club. So. <laughs> See you at Hippie Club Thursday night, please. <laughs> Is there going to be something something along the lines of, yep. has anyone anyone got any pull at Hippie Club? Because <laughs> I'm going this way. You're going to find the line with too soon. There, there's some young guys there. $5,000 is a lot of money. I don't oh, care. It is. I don't care if you paid a lot of money. I don't care if you paid no money. $5,000 is a lot of money. Mate, I get a $50 fine and I'm living. Uh, Hugh Dixon got fined $5,000. Hugh Dixon yep. is a SSP added in January probably had to quit his job to go down to West Coast and would be on below a rookie wage. And he's got yep. five grand. Yeah. Reckon he's learned his lesson? How much do you reckon they spend at Hippie Club <laughs> on top of that as well? <laughs> probably six grand total. Oh, boy. Anyways. That's okay. Um, we'll move on. Yeah, we will. You can send us an email. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. We, we made a rule very on in this early on in this podcast that mm-hmm. if you send it... Yes, we will read it. 
Yeah. So if you send us anything via email, we have to read it. We don't leave anything out. We don't. We have had a long running email that sits yeah. in the bottom <laughs> of our run sheet that we'll speak about later. Yes. But if you send us an email at hello at backchatpodcast.com.au, you've got something to say, a business to plug, something else to do, yep. we'll, we'll read it out. You, you work at the Hippie Club. Send us oh an email. Oh, my God. If you work at the Hippie Club. Get in touch. Now, that would be, be a story worth bloody reading about this thing. Like, I mean, it's gone beyond. They're calling them the Nightclub 7, the West Coast Eagles players at the Hippie Club. I would have gone with the Hippie 7. Imagine imagine getting inside from a worker at Hippie Club. That would be proper, like, today, tonight sort of shit. Oh, you know, per, there's a personnel journal that's been hitting up bartenders there. Smelling the scoop. carpet down the Hippie Club. <laughs> <laughs> they were here. They yeah. had the sniffer dogs down there. All right, um, you can join up to Patreon. We've yes. got we've got some good things happening over there. So mm. we've got we've got over two hundred patrons, Dan. Yeah, that's huge. Very special stuff. Supporting the podcast. We love what you do there and we like to give back to you. So we've got quite a few sponsors on board now that you can get discount codes for doing all sorts of things. I hope you sorted the mums out. Better at the special Mother's Day. Back, did tell me there were some back chat codes. There you go. Back chat sorting out. So there's florist codes, there's whiskey codes. So whiskey with whippersnapper, florist with fox and rabbit. Um, we've got. No, we don't just yet. No, hold on. Margaret, You're so eager. Margaret River Roasting yes. Company, some coffee. Yep. I made two cups of my roasting coffee this morning. It was Somewhere, one of these cameras, you can see a coffee machine back here. I've been cooking them up back yeah. there. You weren't happy with the cleanliness of the uh, station. No, I've always said, actually, it's not even my quote. I was going to say, someone, if you've ever said this. No, 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 I haven't. I've passed it on to others. Um, the sign of a good barista is a clean workstation. So if you go to a coffee shop and it's dirty. Cool. Chances are that barista well, isn't organised. Good thing I'm not a fucking barista then. Yes, <laughs> I'm, there's, um, there's coffee grains everywhere. Yeah, I'm sorry. I need a little um, need a little dust buster. Yeah. So you be more careful when, you, when you're working with your tools. Anyway, um, Cameo's still supporting us, so you can get those Cameos yeah. over there. Yeah. Mm, beautiful stuff. I didn't get any Mother's Day Cameos. I didn't either. I was a bit disappointed. Mm. It's all right. It's okay. Um, so you can jump onto Patreon and become a patron. Sign up and get VIP codes at backchatpodcast.com.au. That's a website. You'll find fines over there. You'll find sign-ups for a competition we're rolling out this this episode, mm. which is a bit exciting. Very but before we that. get there, one that is running right now is the fantasy competition. Yes. Backchat Fantasy League. I'm gonna. I'll just. I'll just start. I didn't have a good week, <laughs> and I made trades. Have you had a good week ever? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. No. I made some trades. Yes, brought in some guys. But my captain didn't go well. Nah, Max that, Gorn just had a had a flop. Like, he, could, he could miss this week against West Coast, Maxie. Not happy. Not not happy. The fantasy world. Not happy. Yeah. Yep. So you no, trade I him out? Would you trade him out? Uh, Think about it. You, you don't sound well, happy. I can bring him back in, right? Well, yeah. It cost you two trades. Mm. How many trades are you allowed? Two a week. Yeah. So I'll trade him out. Three over the buy periods, and then the following week I'll bring him back in. Okay. Yeah. It's all good. You don't need to upgrade the rest of your team, or you're just going to flip. I trust my team. Charlie, how did you go, mate? Did you have a good week, bad week? It was a tough week in the fantasy realm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it wasn't a good week for me either. I dropped down uh, four spaces, four four places, I guess. <sighs> you're uh, really battling, aren't you? I mean, you're just, just in front of the people that don't look at their teams. That's where you're sitting, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, you're yeah. 116th to 120th, you're coming now. 120th this week. And Dan, I, you've dropped to 134th. Yeah, Captain Took Miller this week. Didn't didn't have his best. Game, oh, I mean, what did he? He got a 90, 95? 95, But you know, it's my just... captain got one thirty after the double. So, well, in more negative news, the hot guys team, mm. Alex's hot boys, they've dropped down. She's had a bad week. She picked a poor captain, probably not hot enough. Millsy, 
Callum Mills plays yep. for Sydney. Came off the back of 180 last week. Just spat out a 75. Didn't score in the first or last quarters. Nice. Just sickening stuff from Millsy. And I, I did say to her, she had Bailey Smith as the vice captain. Maybe you should have just made your hot guy. The hot yeah. guy captain. She's dropped down to 27th from 16th. Ugh, Big disgusting. Bad week. Nathan and the prime time ball, is, he's on top. <laughs> he's sixth in the country. That's huge. So, I mean, hats off to you. Well done, Nathan. And Kat, who's not here today, she's gone up a gear. Positive news. Hello. 157th to 156. That's it. Follow along, fantasy, doing well. Good job, Nathan. I will say once again, can turn very quickly, fantasy yes. world. I'm banking on that. Now. Not that I mean we haven't been building this for up forever, but I feel like it's a pretty. This is a pretty nice little competition where we're about to yeah. run here. It's Very the, excited it's about the it. Best worst jumpers ever mm-hmm. in the AFL. Yes, and we have a sponsor that's come on board. Hello, Sports Gear Australia, SportsGA.com.au. Yep, this is what they do. Okay, so I'd love to say, oh, we planned this, and you know, we we're hunting for a sponsor, but we literally were like, this would be great. Let's find the worst sponsor. Sports Gear... No, not the worst sponsor. Let's find so, the worst Guernsey. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sports Gear Australia, though, hit us up and we're like... And they are literally the best sponsor for this. They were like, this is what we do. Yeah. We find player-worn Guernseys mm-hmm. and, you know, some of them are bad. Some of them, people love them because they're so bad. Yes. So that's what we've done. We've we've created a bracket, the best worst jumpers in the history of the AFL. The best worst 16. We'll whittle it down yep. to the very best worst. So we've got a bracket... With mm-hmm. four games on each side, we've got eight matchups, yep. 16 jumpers, and we're going to do it across socials. Yes, that's and right. the, Very at, important. At the end of all of this, we're going to have a winner of jumper, and we're going to have a, an actual winner of people. Yes. So you need to enter on the website, backchatpodcast.com.au, or across socials, and we're going to draw a lucky winner at the end of it all, and they're going to get the actual jumper. That's amazing. That's actually good. Yeah. Some, of, some, of, these, some of these go for... Five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Proper money, yeah. So and do you know what? If, I, that's, I mean, if that's if you're not interested, before we started saying, there's an eight hundred dollar yeah. prize on the line. We had lots. Play. Of, we had lots of um, people message us with their preferred best worst Guernseys. Yep. You know, don't forget about this one. This one's awful. I think we've got a, re- a really good sixteen now. Yeah. And I would be happy to wear absolutely any one of these. They're that awful. So this is going to be rolled out over the weekend. So you need to be mm-hmm. watching Backchat Instagram. Yes. The stories. There's some stories, some polls. Yep. I'll battle it out. This will be round one. The next week will be round two until there's some finals. Yeah. You know how it works. So there's eight matchups. Hawthorne v. Hawthorne. Hawthorne 2015, the Power Ranger Guernsey v. Hawthorne 1995 preseason. So it's the Hawks first up. Yep. You'll see them. There's some disgusting jumpers here. North Melbourne v. Geelong. North, North Melbourne 2000. They had a partnership with Orange Business Loans. So they rolled out an orange jumper. Just disgusting stuff. Geelong 2003 away jumper. I don't know what they were coming up with in the marketing department. Do you know what that one looks like? It looks like someone slid on the 50-meter line and the blue has smudged onto their Guernsey. <laughs> they forgot to leave. They've, they've, they've washed it with like a blue towel. Yes, that's right. <laughs> exactly that. Collingwood 1996 preseason. Yeah, Guernsey. We're going way back. This... Um, Really weird magpie um, character on there. The Melbourne 2008 Silver Clash. Do you Guernsey. know what this one is? No. It's like just a lot of silver. <laughs> it's, it's no good. I love that. And West Coast. I don't know, I, I don't know how to say this word. It's the orca. Okay. Okra? I don't know. The orange, the o- really the, the spew orange colour. Yeah. You know what o- it is. Okra. O- 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 
Oka, is it Charlie? Yeah, it's Oka. Thank you, mate. Worn uh, in 2000, 2002. Rare, apparently. Two years of that. Rare. That's the Port Adelaide 2009 clash jumper. Yep. Port Adelaide pops up a little bit. So does this team. Uh, matchup number five, St Kilda 2014 preseason jumper v St Kilda pure promotional jumper in pure. 2002. The pure milk. Oh, God. So that bright yellow Oh, God, branding. St Kilda. What are you thinking? Uh, next up, Brisbane 2007 v Adelaide 2006. Both clash s- yeah. strips. Yep. Say that a thousand times. Clash strips. Yeah, that's yep, right, Okay, next up, Western Bulldogs. Now, this is a beauty. Um, they had a Thor-inspired jumper when Marvel Stadium was kind of doing their thing. Yep, they when they first got on board. Some sort of superhero. I reckon it's right up there with the Power Ranger one, that one. Yep. You know, I had forgotten that that even existed until we did this. Who was Thor? Who was? Who was? Chris um, Hemsworth. Isaac. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Isaac. Now, that's, that's, that's up against, this is in the matchup number seven, Fremantle, 1998, 2000 away, Guernsey. What's wrong with that, Charlie? Just wasn't a good Guernsey. I hated that one. There was a lot of purple in that, wasn't it? It was like there was like an anchor that was like flying over. Like it looked like it was moving. And just remember you're voting for the best, worst Guernsey as well. <laughs> so if you hate it, it's Vote for it. Yeah, that's what you want. You love to hate it. You don't you wanna pick the you don't want to pick the best, like the yeah. worst worst. No. You wanna love it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, how good is this? This is so yep. bad, it's good. Yep. Now, the last matchup, Carlton, Carlton, 1997, one-off promotion for the new light blue Eminem. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That it's was very light blue. <laughs> that was bad. Yep. Um, that's playing Richmond, worn in 2008 to celebrate 100 years of Richmond. I mean, that seems like a nice time to celebrate. You think it was such a big occasion, you'd make a really good Guernsey. But you well, know what? Some of them are just throwbacks to, like, old-style things. But anyways... That's okay. Okay, we've got to find the best worst one, and there will be a winner. Right, so we'll be doing that across socials. Look over the weekend, Sports Gear Australia, sportsga.com.au. They're going to bring you the winning jumper, the best worst Guernsey in the land. Amazing. How bloody good. Okay. So good. Get around that, and you can enter on the website, backchatpodcast.com.au. Now, I worked Fox Footy. You did. Worked the boundary um, Friday night. Uh, Fremantle v North Melbourne. Just a horrid game of football. Like Fremantle dominated, North Melbourne putrid. Yep. It was a real shellacking. Mm-hmm. Um, at one stage, though, I'm sitting on the boundary, calls going on, and uh, I've explained it to you before on this podcast, but you've got two microphones. You've got the producer's mic where you've got to press a button to speak to the producer yes. off air, and you've yep. got your on-air mic where mm-hmm. if, you, if I accidentally flick that on uh, during the broadcast, I'm live. You're just going to talk yeah. over the commentary team. And if they come down to me and I forget to flick it on, yep. no noise is coming out. Yes. So okay. when you hear boundary riders, they go, oh, you know, Will Schofield down the boundary and there's nothing. It's not that they can't hear. Yes. It's that they've forgotten. There's no the tech pen. issues. Yeah. They're just they've butchered it. human error. Butchered it. So anyway, I go into my producer's mic. I said, Zach, mate, there's a, there's a streaker out in the field. Yes. Um, just to, just, to, <laughs> just your standard check of your phone. It's just that good. <laughs> there's a streaker out in the field. <laughs> Just checking it wasn't Charlie saying, guys, we've, we're just speaking in Mandarin or something, please. <laughs> there's a streak on the field. And, and Zach, yeah, no, no worries. We probably won't mention it. Uh, Zach, there's two streakers out in the field. Uh, yeah, yeah, no worries. Hey, Zach, mate, there's three streakers out in the field. There was three streakers in the middle. Three? Of, yeah, yeah. Three. Did they show it at all that you were watching? I just saw like videos on TikTok and Instagram later. Mate, I, thought, was I saw three. two. Charlie, you were there. Yeah, I was there. Um, oh, it's great to see. Both ends. It was it was like yeah. it was coordinated, but it was so wasn't coordinated. Well, it was right after Nathan O'Driscoll scored his goal. 
So uh, I got to assume they did it specifically at that time, right? And one guy kicked the ball into the goals, right? Yeah, yeah he had he a missed. ball. Did, did he, he miss? I think he missed. Brutal. But, but it's from the pocket. It was I, a hard kick. I wasn't able to update any. Yeah, weren't happy to put that air. Like we, we sort TV of we, does that as well. As soon as they see it, they go it off. They take him off the camera. They what, don't want to advertise do you think it. That is? It's, they don't want to promote it. You'd be, happy, stuff. you'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? No, I want to see it. Oh, you do? No, I always want to see the streaker. How much would they have to pay you to streak? Uh, and clothed. Are there, are there... Clothed. Am I up for the fine and the ban from the stadium? Um, yes. It's a, you, got, you get a $20,000 fine and you're banned for three years. Wouldn't do it. Never. Well, you have to bucks. cover the... Million bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. 500 grand. It's a yes. Yeah, yeah I'll do it. 200 grand. Oh. So you, you're now at 180 plus yeah, three. Yeah, I've got to think of my family now. 180. Still, yep. still yes. Yeah. 100. Yep. <laughs> 50. I think 50 is probably a no. So you don't, you don't want 30. It's, all, it's actually 30K. $30,000 plus three year ban. You don't want 30 grand? I would, nah, I'd like the option to go to the footy in the next three years. So that's your, that's your, that's your target there. 100K. I wouldn't get, do it less than 100K. All right, mate. You got to think. Like, I can't go to my wife and say, "Hey, I gave up eighty thousand dollars today." What I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought you can go to your wife and say, "I gave up thirty grand today." <laughs> well, well I, I yeah, I'd be doing it for thirty grand. What? So you get ten thousand dollars? No, no, no. So I, you do it for the fifty? Yeah, I do fifty. Okay. Well, hey, hey, everyone's got a price, mate. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to work for the next three years. Heath Chapman is rising star this week. About bloody time they give it to a defender. About bloody time they give it to a West Australian. Mm -hmm. About bloody time they give it to a Freo Docker. They've got the best back six in the league. He's doing some special things. He's not on anyone's radar at the moment. He played last year. So people think, oh, you know, he played some games last year, not available. If you play under six games and you're under a certain age, you're still available the next year. Good. And he is. And he's been nominated. I think now that he's been nominated, people start taking a bit more attention, Charlie. He's a good player, isn't he? Excellent player. Love him. He's like Jordan Ridley from Essendon, who won a best and fairest with them two years ago. So I can see that in him. He's smart. He's agile. He's quick. He's he's like for a young kid, he moves very well. They've found an absolute beautiful player there. You could probably dress a mouse in a, in a Frio Guernsey and put it on the field. And if you said to Charlie, oh, how good was the mouse? He'd be like, I oh, bloody love the mouse. <laughs> yeah, it like, was great. You can't Did ask you him if he, if he thinks that Heath Chapman's good. He's going to say, oh, mate, I love him. Do you like Heath Chapman, Dan? I'm indifferent. You're indifferent. You wouldn't yeah. even know what he is. You wouldn't even no, know. No, a typical no. West Coast That's supporter. That's insulting. Have a what number is he? Six. No. It's Jordan Clark. You're an embarrassment. Um, speaking of an embarrassment... <laughs> Um, what a your old mate went down from a hit on the weekend, so Clayton nice. Oliver. Now, it looked very similar to Will Schofield v. Clayton Oliver in 2017, like oh, yeah, Ish. those areas. Yeah. So he's gone down again. He's taken a hit. Yes. What's your? Did you see it? I did. And there's a fine up for grabs. Clayton, 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 Clayton. Mm-hmm. Zach Jones has been chucked with $3,000 fine down to $2,000 for a first offence, can accept the deal. Oh, it's another issue, you know, everyone's just like, oh, we'll just take the fine. It's still, still an amount of money for doing something that this was. Now, because Okay, let, let, I'll just say this. If you take the 2000 then you're admitting guilt. Yeah. Which I so you have to with. go, all right, I didn't do it, but I'll take the 2000 fine. So in Clayton's incident with me, 2017, I feathered him with my elbow, yes. as described. 
and feathered. Feathered was actually the term. We spent about three hours as a legal department, legal team, trying to figure out the exact word to describe the elbow to Clayton's chin. Because I will say, I did hit him in the chin, but it was the slightest, the the softest, the, the most beautiful touch of a chin you'll ever take with an elbow. Yep. So it was like, do we say slight? Do we say soft? But we didn't want to admit contact. So we used the word feathered because we felt like that sounded the lightest possible. Yeah. Well, I reckon Zach Jones may have feathered Clayton's chest in this one. Ch- Clayton... Clayton's a good player now. Clayton's a... You don't need to be doing this. You don't want a reputation of diving. Plays for a very good team. Plays for a good team. It doesn't matter. He's a good player. One of the best in the competition. That's what you want your reputation to be about. Not yes. taking dives when you get contact. Especially, Clayton, when you've gone running over to Zach Jones. Yeah. I think Clayton Oliver should put his hand up and say, I've taken a dive. Give me the fine. He's not doing that. Zach... It, would, would you would you be like okay, well done? That's a bit of honesty because he clearly has. He's he's taken a dive, even if he hasn't. He instigated it. What are you running over there for? What do you want Zach Jones to do? Just be like, oh, come come bump into me, mate. Yeah. Would you like that? No. Right. So Zach Jones has done all he's needed to do. Defended himself. Got him in the chest. Oliver's gone down like a pack of shit. Yep. It's embarrassing, mate. Yeah, it is embarrassing. He's a good player. It's only embarrassing because he's a good player. If he was just a pleb like me. And be like, oh, who cares? Schofield diving again. Yeah. But Clayton Oliver's chance to win a brown though. Can't be yeah. diving around like that. Maybe you should hit up Zach Jones and send him a business card to your legal team. I'm going to contact Zach yep. and I'm going to have a chat. And okay. I'm tell him, you need to use the word, I feathered his chest. Yes. Good. Very good. Um, so that'll be funny to see how that plays out. I'm actually going to get in contact with Zach. I might. Yeah, Let's please. see if we can do it. Get it. Send a text so that we can screenshot it and put it up. Backchat bets powered by Blue Bet. Now, this week's multi, again, you've got to watch our socials. We put these out Friday. Um, we need to get on by Friday night. We may, we may open that up a little bit, but we've been, we've been you know, having one of our legs on the Friday night. Basically, we build a multi bet to have everyone have a bit of fun. Everyone put a couple of dollars on it and just see if we can ride the glory that would be taking Blue Bet down. Now, we yep. did it a couple of times off the bat. We won a couple of multis in the row. We did. And we had a bit of a head wobble about us. Yeah. Hasn't gone well since then. Hasn't. We've missed one leg for the last couple. Now, I think we missed two this week. No, we didn't. Yeah, did we? we? Did. West Coast at the line. So we were Jai Amos. Yep. To kick a goal. We should have gone two plus, Charlie. It was a bloody beautiful pick, Charlie. Bloody loved it. So that wins. Friday <laughs> night footy. Yeah, I Charlie. Did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Um, Essendon. For the a bit of bit of love yep. for the Coolbinia Bombers, and, and like we said, we almost like we were just a little bit too scared to back them completely, so we went the line. Yeah, but they had five out. They win against Hawthorne. Great win. Mm-hmm. Um, we we can't bet we're on our guests, right? We don't want to involve them in any betting. So we thought it'd be funny to go Josh yes. P Kennedy, who plays for Sydney, after having Josh J Kennedy on the podcast. Twenty Jerome, plus, I believe, the twenty J plus disposals, fourteen disposals he had. Yeah. And yes, I did hear the Jerome. Not funny. Uh, 14 disposals. Just putrid. From a, from a great player that Josh P. Kennedy's yeah. become. But you said he's, he's, he's hanging out in the back line a fair bit. So whoever's idea that was was terrible. So we're out there. And then West Coast at the line. We gave West Coast... 72 and a half point head start. So, so for those who don't bet, that they had a head start of 72 and a half points. Yep. So if the game, as the starting siren went, Brisbane were on zero. West Coast were on 72 and a half. They still lost. They still lost. They lost in the last 20 seconds of that game. It's disappointing. It was very disappointing. The thing is, we could. Here's the thing with the Blue Bat. We could pick 
three surefire things. There's no fun in that. Melbourne That's not win. what this is about. Melbourne will win. Frio to win. West Coast to lose. Yep. Into someone else bad. North Melbourne will lose. That's not what this is about. It's about banter. getting a bit creative, having banter. a bit of banter. banter. Who, honestly, who's... There would have been one bet in Australia on 20 disposals for Josh P. Kennedy. I had a little bit of a look at... And it, and it was a back chat. And we get our... Odds boosted a little bit we as do. well from the boys at Blue yeah. But I had a bit of a look <laughs> had a little bit of a look next week. West Coast play Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. The best in the league versus the worst in the league. Their line's fifty two points. Yeah. I'm taking Melbourne, baby. We're given we're given we're so, given Melbourne are gonna start on negative fifty two. I'm gonna see if they can win. still win. Surely. That's low. If they were seventy two versus Brisbane. They lost by 100 against Richmond. And just a little run around. Before this, uh, before this season started, we did some premiership bets. We did. Um, we put so, a bet on every single team. Yeah, so this is when Blue Bet started. We put a bet, a $20 bet on every team and anyone who came to um, beers with back chat, which we're due for another one. Yeah, we are due for another beer. If you want to have a beer with back chat, let us know. Chuck something on social. Put something on a story and say, I want a beer with back chat and we'll repost it. Yep. Because I'm pretty keen for another beer. Mm. Real soon. Yeah. Real soon. I haven't had a beer since. I've got to put this away Stop drinking <laughs> So we put $20 on each team And I just had a bit of a review I thought I wonder how those are going Because they were the odds at the time Yeah And, very and clearly you Don't know how teams are going So we're Into round 8 now Melbourne were paying $4.25 They're still the favourite So yeah. $20 at $4.25 You're getting back 80 bucks. I mean it's, a, it's okay yep. Thomas Thomas has got Melbourne um, Fremantle <laughs> Fremantle now, this is a one. They're second on the ladder right now. Yep. $41. They almost look unbeatable. Alan Barch got amongst that one. He was drawn out of the hat for that. That's an $800, $800 payoff. On us. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alan. You're welcome. We might just lose your contact details and keep playing that <laughs> Brisbane, uh, Natalie's on this one. She's at $7 at Brisbane. Brisbane looked very yeah, good. they look very good they too. They strong. And Carlton, <laughs> they've slid into top four. Are they in the top four or are they fifth? No, they're top four. Carlton's fourth. $26 they were playing for the flag. That just uh, Fremantle fans listening to this, just let that sink in. Before the season started, Fremantle paying $41 to win, Carlton 26 How do you feel about that, Charlie? Does that disappoint you? It disappoints me that I didn't put money on it. Okay, very of good. Course. Now let's keep moving. That's I will just say one yeah, last okay, odds okay, that okay, I saw. Okay. West Coast to win the premiership. Five hundred one bucks. That's unders. I reckon that needs to go out to about <laughs> two thousand bucks. I reckon at this stage. Yep. Yeah, I mean, if West Coast win the flag, I'll do a naked lap around Optus Stadium for zero dollars, not fifty thousand. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, zero dollars. If they win the flag during a live game, during the grand final, I, I'll do the I'll do the grand final sprint naked <laughs> okay. with no invite. So I'll streak onto on the middle. The, of the, yeah. yeah, and probably win it. Yes, and I'll correct. Win it. And then I just win all round because West Coast win the flat. Like West Coast are playing in the grand final, so yeah. I'm happy anyway. Yeah, of course. All okay. right, fines. Yeah. Now, if we did this first, the first time we did fines, not a lot of buy-in, which yeah. was which is which is always disappointing from a from a. Well, when you come up with an idea and you want people, well, no, it's not actually about that. Fine, from a fines point of view, right. what makes great fines is buy-in. Mm-hmm. People getting in, getting into the spirit. First episode didn't get a lot. Second episode, people started buying. Well, I tell you what, people are bought in. Yeah. We've got a fine session. Baby. We could start our own podcast called Fines. Charlie, get the tin ready. Rattle it up, mate. Here they come right now. Brendan Decker sends the fine to Will. I don't appreciate how many people are finding me, but you know what? That's the way it goes sometimes. Now, don't wear your wife's slippers slash sandals to work. If you can't find proper pluggers, go barefoot like a real man. Fair enough. $2. 
Um, sitting here like a bloody pretend male. Caitlin Walker. Caitlin Walker, even. Who gets the fine? Dan? Charlie? Whomever yeah. films, edits the podcast. Should be whomever, but that's fine. It's <laughs> fine for you, Caitlin, for saying whoever. I think that's a fine for Dan for pointing that out. <laughs> $2 to Charlie for butting in on fines. $2 to, to, to Dan for talking shit. And $2 more to Dan because he's the one that produces the podcast and edits the podcast. I'm sure you're already aware and you would have fixed it if possible, but there was a square on Kyle Goblin's face when he was telling us his greatest sporting achievement. I'm not copying that fine. I'm going to say that's my fault. Yeah. It's not a post-production thing. It was a camera issue at the time. It was a pre-production and, thing. Yeah. And why... I'm going uh, to cop okay, it. No, no, no. Okay. Neither of you get to say if you're copying or not copying. You're <laughs> copying the fine because you haven't told me about that. That's the first I've heard about it. Probably should have watched the episode. And Charlie, you can have another $2 because <laughs> both of you are piping up too much. You just cop it. You just cop it, sweet boys. Who gets the fine? Jordan Petkov. Is that... Jordan Petkov? Is that... Is that Maybe. This is from Nick Carreri. Is that is that meant to be like when most is oh, like yeah. opens the phone? I'm at, like Amanda hugging kids. Yeah. Yep. Is that what that is? No, no. This is actual so. Jordan Petkoff for leaving the Eagles game at three-quarter time. Bloody oath. Two bucks. That's piss poor Jordan, if your name's Jordan. If it's meant to be Jordan, $2 fine for you, <laughs> Nick. Amy Tomo. Who gets the fine? Philip White Tiling. Now, this is fans <laughs> v. fans here. We love this. Two, buck, two bucks here for Phil. Always hear him on the podcast being a hero when really he re-ended my car last year and wrote it off. Oh, my god! Blamed his wife for yelling at him on the phone as a distraction for the accident and then didn't pay his excess. 100% worthy of a fine, mate. Absolutely. Amy Tomo. You know what? I said $2, Philip. That's a 10-bucker. Disgraceful behaviour. Tell you what, Philip White and, and and the little drive-by, always acting like a hero on the podcast. Yep. Very good stuff, Amy. I like it a lot. Jay Jones says, Dan, Dan, should you Dan should just set up a $2 direct debit for the rest of the time on the podcast, hopefully years, because we know at some stage in every episode he's going to butcher the English language. <laughs> if he's reading this out, this will prove my point. $5 fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all time, Jade. Thank you very much for your support because I agree with you. Lisa, uh, Le- no, no. $2 fine for Sky for butchering the name. Every time I stuff up a name, $2 fine. Yep. Lisa Ray Dowling. Who gets a fine? Scoey. Fucking hell, Lisa. Explain why a fine is in order. Need a good excuse to why he would wear those grandpa slippers whilst podcasting to not get a fine. You know what? They're comfortable. How's that sound, Lisa? I like bloody wearing them. I should be wearing them right now. Disappointed in myself. Isaac, who gets a fine? I love these fan v. fans. Mm. I'm going to have to chase them down. Casey Vander gets the fine. Um, $2 to my friend Casey for losing his license. Pull your head in, mate. Yeah. Pull your head in. Put more on that. Do you know, here you go. Here, I'll give you. Here you go. How Make much? it 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Yeah, don't lose your license. Depends Pull your what head it was in. for. Is there any reason that would be okay? No. All right. Nolsey says... Will gets the fine. Okay, here he is. Get on your hero, James. You got, you got some fines coming up. I'm just uh, scrolling down. Get on your James. On one of the first episodes. Oh, I mean, how far back are we going, Jimmy? You want to go back to 20, 2012 <laughs> when I was getting a game at West Coast? Um, Will went to great lengths to explain that this podcast wasn't going to have a guest every week, basically because he couldn't be bothered organizing one. Deserves a fine to lying to us. Love the guest, though. Mm. 
I do remember you saying that. $5, not two. $5. That's a good point, Jimmy. Well done. Tom Carmody says, uh, another one for me. Great. For wearing a white suit on Channel 7 when explaining how good Freo's defense is. Defenders should not be wearing all white. It's tough work. Not this bright, clean, obnoxious white suit. Fair call. Really good. Really well good, Tommy. Well as well. I will say, Tommy, um, I wore that white suit. One of the bosses at uh, Channel 7 said, burn that suit in an email to me. So he wasn't happy with it. <laughs> burn that suit. They then put it on social media. I reckon the I reckon the last year of videos, Channel 7 Perth News has put up on Twitter about 500, 600 views. Uh, my white suit video went for 28,000 views. So thank me later, <laughs> Channel 7, very much. I'll take the $2 fine, but I'll be just cashing in on the money from Channel yeah, 7. Sure. Matt Cutback, big fan of the podcast. G'day, Matty. Uh, gets a fine. Uh, get on you, Matt. For uttering the phrase Holy Trilogy at least twice in episode 50. It's Holy Trinity. (laughs) (laughs) Also fines for Dan and Charlie for being too cowardly to say anything. Yep, $2 for you, Dan. $2 for you, Charlie. Is it it Holy Trinity? Trinity? Can I not say Holy Trilogy? I mean, the Lord of the Rings, I guess you could say, is a Holy Trilogy. Like, if it's more of a movie thing. Right, so I've butchered it. Yes, you have. Okay, $5 to Will. Anonymous. I got that right. No fines for me. But it finds coming to me anyway. On Friday night, when the commentator said that Will coined the term flag mantle, Will did nothing to deny it. That's bloody right. And we know full well that it was the Frio fan pages, Frio at Frio Memes, at Caleb Three Votes and at Frio underscore Hub that started Flag Mantle. Also, shout out to the people that changed the signs at Optus every week from Eagle sponsors to Frio sponsors and vice versa. That's got to be a huge job. for a false promotion there. That's garbage, Anonymous. But I'll take the $2. I sat in silence as Adam Papalia on Fox Footy said, Flag Mantle coined by Will Schofield. Dan, you got any feedback on that, mate? I mean, we have been uh, Charlie. Sorry, we have been talking up on back We've chat, been upping flag mantle. But yeah, it definitely was not you. What do you want me to say? Pipe up on a live national TV and go, "Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry." <laughs> Can I just correct you there, Paps? Just hold on. A I know the game's going on. Look, I'm not going to take credit for this wonderful piece of work. Was that? What, would you, would you I like mean, me to say that? I mean, I think we've pushed it a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't. I didn't. It was specifically said that Will Schofield yeah. made that up. Which is not correct, but I guess the rest of Australia will never know. Yes. No, they're $2 fine to me. Liv says, uh, a fine for my mate Ryan. This is, I just love these ones. For pronouncing... Oh, no. Key. Yep. As in Elizabeth uh, Key. Literally as Quay, not Key. How it should be pronounced. (laughs) Elizabeth Quay. So Ryan is saying Elizabeth Quay. Mate, that's a ten dollar, mate. Oh, you can't be butchering it like that. I tell you what, this is from TK. Who gets the fine? Alex Bloody Schofield, my wife. Okay, and you know what that means? I get the fine. Uh, saying you only pick the hot guys for your fantasy team, yet you have Braden Pruce. <laughs> he is by no means the definition of a hot guy. Even Stevie Wonder can see that. Five dollar fine. I'll accept that five dollar fine for Alex Schofield. But I will say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Dan. Are there any beautiful Ruckman? Oh, Brody Grundy. He's not. Uh, okay. I mean, it's not the beautiful guy team, though, is it? <laughs> no. It's the hot guy team. Yeah. All right, last one. Mark Edwards. I bloody love the buy-in here. If you do want to find somebody, you know where to find it. I'll tell you in a second. I get the fine. $2 for not wearing his beige suit when on... Na- for not wearing his beige suit when not on national TV. Almost like he is ashamed of it. 
So Mark wants the beige suit, suit back. Every time. $2 fine to me. That's a fair enough fine from you, Mark. If you do want to find anyone at the podcast or someone else, and I'm sure as shit don't know how we're chasing these up, but we are logging them, <laughs> you can jump on to our website, backchatpodcast.com.au, and there's a form there. It's Good. bloody easy. It's clearly bloody easy because we had a lot of buy-in. Yes. And this is a, the last one, a segment that's been running a long time on Backchat. Mm. I like to call it Y-S-I-W-R-I. You send it, we read it, baby. <laughs> Hi, Dan and Scoey. <laughs> Last season, Adam Simpson stated because of soft cap pressures, the club should only recruit boys from private schools. Do you remember that? Well, um, I think we talked about it. We did talk about it, yes. Is this upcoming clash against Melbourne worthy of being promoted as the old private school tie fixture? It could be a regular in the AFL calendar. The merchandise departments could produce blazers, ties, and straw boater hats for such occasions. Andrew Vitolans. Okay, Andrew Vitolans. I like his email. So he wants the Melbourne West Coast as the private school yep. match of the year. I like it. Yeah. So did it looked like you, a, you go to private school yeah. for a bit. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Is it a long story? No, I just I literally woke up one day and I decided I don't want to go to the school anymore and I changed schools. I feel like this is a long story. Like, no, I literally I was at Servite College. Yeah. Until I went there year eight and year nine. And then at this, I think partway through the, or ne- near the end of year nine, I said to my mum, I'm going to change schools. And, and she was like, all right. I went to a private school instead. It was awesome. Wow. I think it probably helped with the old school fees. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. She was like, get out now. <laughs> yeah. Driving you to the public school right now. Yeah. Charlie, where did you, where'd you go? I did go to a private school. Yeah. Of course. What school? Uh, Scotch. Did you? Oh, yeah. How did we not know this? Yeah, because I, I don't share it that much. Scotch College. Yeah. Didn't know that about you, Charlie. Uh, I wonder if our listeners did. Maybe they bumps you up a bit on the attractiveness scales. I don't know. Maybe down. No, I'd say down. Um, what do you think about that? The old private school tie fixture. Don't love it. Nah. <laughs> okay, thanks for the nah. support, Charlie. <laughs> Very good. I like it, personally. He thinks it's going to put a stain on his private school. It's just Scotch College that does that, Charlie, not anyone yeah. else. Um, <laughs> Geelong College, I was a private school boy. I like it. Melbourne West Coast, the old private school tie fixture. Very good, Andrew. Like it. That's it. That's it. Until our guest who's coming up. It's going to be a big one. Get around our supporters, our sponsors. We love you. Time up to Patreon. Do your thing. Guest coming up right now. Well, like we know on this podcast, I don't really like doing the introductions. I like getting straight into it. So we are lucky enough to be joined by Demar Getz, umpire of over, I think, 376 games, if I'm correct. You're incorrect. Uh, it's 377, but that's okay. I'm happy to run. 376 before his last game, and then he umpired <laughs> his last game, 377, 110 games in the waffle. So he's umpired almost 500 games of senior footy. Uh, mate, I've got to be... I'm going to be completely brutal with our listeners here. I've never been so inspired to ask questions of a guest. That this is our 50th episode. Oh, close enough to it anyway. Yeah. 50th, 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 somewhere there. Yep. Uh, is there a banner here? Is it Malstein? Dean Margetts, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank you, Will. It's great to be here. Um, we've had our numerous interactions over your playing career, which we'll get to later, but I'm happy to be part of the show and hopefully we can get some great questions from your audience. Well, we, 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 we you know, have a chat to our guests before we get into things and I just said, let's just, just stop talking. We need to hit record and get yeah. into it. I've got so, I really have so many questions because, I mean, one thing, you don't see umpires in the media. I mean, Ray Chamberlain does his thing um, over, over East. He's really the first umpire that I can remember mm. speaking to the public. I, I want to start with that. I think that's why people have so many questions is because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of transparency in the profession. It's one thing I've always 
would have liked to have done post-game. Hey, Dane, what was that free kick for? And I think people would appreciate the humanising of a decision if we just explain it. Hey, look, you know what? I got that one wrong. And people would go, wow, honesty. So I, I don't know why the AFL doesn't do that, particularly for the senior umpires. Ray's angling for a media career post-footy. He's got that in place. Um, yeah. Hopefully this, this show can launch my career from here, which I'm hoping <laughs> that's the happen. discussion. That's the discussions so, we've had. Yeah, so that's where I think this can start. Yeah, legs. What, what will help that as well, and, and the first question we usually ask every guest, that Will does this. He gets so excited get that he just likes to get straight into it. But we actually, we actually have a question that we ask every guest. We've seen you've done, what, 377 umpired games, uh, lots in the waffle. Two waffle grand finals. Two waffle grand finals. A couple of prelim finals. AFL AFL Life Life member. member. But what's your greatest sporting achievement not on the football field? So we're here to tell you, look, you're an umpire, great. We don't care. We, we, we We ask sporting guests we have on here, you know, if you're a footballer, that's great. You've done great things on the footy field. Tell us his best sporting achievement, not in your profession. So, an umpire, Mm. I think it's the the world's your oyster here, Dan. Yeah, it is. Tell us your best sporting achievement. um, In uh, 1989, I won a silver medal in the walk for WA State Athletics. Holy Mm. shit. So, heel toe. um, Heel toe, hips, clunky. Now, I'll tell you how I got to walk. You're going to say, why the walk? When you can obviously run. Nathan Deeks. Kind of like Deeksy. So, back in the day, I was actually on the same trip as Scott Cummings, ironically. He was the big Buddha with the throwing and the discus and the javelin, and I was the sort of skinny little runner dude. You had to make the podium to go on a state trip. Yeah. Okay? Now, to get a medal, that's, that's sometimes tough. And I was always running sort of sixth or seventh in the States. I mean, how do I get to, to go to this trip to Singapore? Like, you know, 15, 16, how good is this going to be? And I said, no one does this walk caper. So my best friend's dad was a coach. I said, let's do this. And we trained hard. And long story short, I won silver at state, got me the ticket to Singapore, had a great trip. And I won silver on the national stage in Singapore against all the little Singaporeans. Wow. Huge. I've, that's right up so. there, Dan. Yeah, that's, that's very good. right up there. That was the year that we were born as well, which is – so that adds to it. Whack. <laughs> that's a little bad. Now, I don't look my age. I haven't had my, no, my s- forehead yeah. shined up. Some great things happened that year. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I told you yeah. to wear a hat right <laughs> there, Dan, mate. <laughs> um, I'm just going to dress your mic slightly, sorry. So you start your umpiring career at AFL level. At 2002? Yes. Is that when you debuted? Correct, yes. But when did you start umpiring before that? My story is a pretty unique one, Will. Um, I, well, you're a walker, so... I, yeah, well, that's unique in itself, isn't it? <laughs> but I didn't walk on the field, did I? I no, did not. I, no, runner. I, um, I played my whole life at the Maddington Footy Club from seven till about 23. I played 57 league games for the senior team. I was the widest receiver you could get. I didn't like pain or hard ball gets, so give me the ball and I'll run. Got to the point where I couldn't play anymore, just got tired of the dead legs, etc. but I still love the game, so how do you stay involved? So I ended up coaching under 13s team, and it happened to have a player in that team called Dominic Cassissi. Really? So I've coached a young kid to ultimately be a captain of an AFL team. So it was quite unique for me to go to Amy Stadium and shake the hand of this boy who I <laughs> coached at 13. Did he play on that flag? Uh, he may have. I can't Charlie. remember. Thank you. you. check that. Charlie will have a I check. only just caught up with Dominic on the weekend, ironically. I'll show you a picture later. Um, See if he wants to come on back chat. Could. Could. Good. Um, but don't steal my thunder because this is my show at the moment. So Dom, you just go and enjoy a few beers and all. Um, and then I got to the point where I thought, I can't coach anymore. How do I stay in the game that I love? And I'm really passionate about footy. And there was an ad in the local rates that umpires wanted. I said, how hard could it be? A couple of years I could do that. I can umpire Gozzi, Plant Thornley, Mannington versus you know, Kenwick. I went and joined up. I spent two years at Juniors. And just by chance, I was spotted by David Johnson, the then umpires boss, kind of like my role now in footy. Yeah. And he said, I think you've got some talent, Dan. I might get you to come down to the waffle. 
I'm thinking there's no way they're going to send this skinny punk from Maddington a letter to the Waffle. That's just huge. To his credit, he did. So I started Waffle in 1998. Did Colts, finished in reserves. I did my first league game in 1999, Freo Derby, Ishmael Farrah Um I did the 2000 Grand Final, which was part of the East Perth sort of trilogy where they won three flags under um, Tony McCall and Jeremy Barnard. And in 2001, I probably would have done another Grand Final, but I missed a, a punch to the guts. Scotty Chisholm whacked a bloke in the guts on the wing. I shifted my vision coach said mate that's going to cost you so that was my first bit of whoa I've had this dream run and then I missed a grand final and in 2002 I made the AFL so I was almost learning how to umpire at the highest level so I'm sure there were times where Geish and Rowan Saw said this bloke really got it but they stuck with me and hope I paid them back in spades with a 20 year career I mean that's such an interesting point I think people don't realise perhaps that bad decisions made and mistakes made by umpires are just as heavily criticised Internally, like umpires get the you know the external criticism, but you guys have got coaches too, right? Any so you miss a granny because of that. Anyone who thinks umpires run a cannibal, uh, kidding himself. Like, we've got 34 umpires on the AFL panel, and everyone wants to do a grand final. So, how do you get 34 into three assessment, bouncing, management, skills, commentary, everything? Um, I missed probably the 2015 grand final, I guess it was the West Coast North Melbourne prelim at CB. Luke Shue went to take a ball and he took out the knees, I think, of um, one of the Swallow Boys. And I just went to blow my whistle and went, play on. And that split second probably cost me an AFL grand final. It was such a significant error. And that's something that will sit in the back of my mind forever. But, um, you know, would I give back what I've achieved? No, but there's little moments for you. And I'm sure, you know, with all these moments yeah. in game, oh, if I only had a spoiled or I didn't zig when I should have zagged. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, that's what, that's what kept springing up in my mind, that the more I think about it, the more umpiring and playing are actually quite similar you guys are in a team yet you have coaches yep. um you have the public scrutiny that players mm. do um you can come in and out of teams you can miss grand finals yep. you're in the same game um yes you don't have the contact levels but you're doing a lot of similar things your preparation you have a preseason. Yep. you're training yep. you have rules mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of similarities yeah. i mean that that grand final you miss so you don't you don't umpire a grand final in your career no is that a regret uh, not really, because when I started umpiring, all I wanted to do was umpire in the Sunday league. So to get to Waffle was massive. Then to have a 20-year career at the AFL, when I never thought that was possible, no, I don't. I don't have any guess. Would I have loved to have done one? Of course you would. But, you know, I've done Anzac Day games. I've done many Western derbies. I've been to Dubai for a game. I've travelled around the world with footy. I mean, would I give it all back for a grand final? Probably not. You keep talking. I'm going to fix Steen's mic because it's swivelling around a bit. I want to make sure everyone hears it properly. I, I, I've got a big list of questions. I think we start at the start. So your debut in 2002, um, you've, you've come through the waffle. You're, you're a senior umpire in the AFL now. What, what makes a good umpire? Like what, what qualities make a good umpire? Courage and composure are the two. We, we talk about the C factor. I could list off 32 C words and not the C word I get called after games on social media, which we'll cover later. We're going to do that a bit later. We're going to go through social media posts. That, that there you is get. a whole. It takes courage to be an umpire. It takes courage to put on the green shirt to go out and do any game of footy. It takes courage to pay that free kick in the goal square when you know you've got to pay it and the scores are a tie. That's, that's courage. And it takes composure to keep your mind calm when the players are at you. You know, you know the crowd's at you. You, know, it, you just got to be balanced because when you become engaged with players in, in a flighty way, I think you can start to lose your mind a bit. They're the two most important. I always like to think of myself as a player's umpire. I had good interaction with the players, had good respect. Players could come at me and have a conversation and I wasn't too concerned about if it got raised or this umpire respect, which I'm sure we'll cover later. 
Um, so I think that's important, um, and having a good feel for the game. You know, there's the law book, and then there's rules, and then there's having decision-making in the context of a game. A lot of people ask me, Will, why can't you umpire games like you umpire the grand final? And I'm like, I'll give you a reason for that. You've got the three best umpires in the country and the two best clubs. You get a pretty good product. When you're, when you're watching a game, North Melbourne versus Port, you might have a guy doing his second game, a guy doing his 38th game, and a guy doing 150. So you're going to get a bit of an up-and-down performance. Um, and that's so different to players and clubs. We all want to play like Gary Ablett, and we all want to umpire like maybe Brett Rosary, but we can't all do that. So that's why the team environment's really important. Now, you're right, we don't sing club songs after, we don't ever win, we don't go and sing an umpire song, but we certainly reflect on our performance that we think we've gone okay or we've probably had a poor one, so we're aware of both. What was the thing that stood out? So you said that you sort of were luckily spotted by um, you know, the person in your position now. That What was it about you that they thought, oh, this guy's actually got something? Like, what, what are those sort of things that are up that you can Tall, see? Tall, athletic, good-looking, engaging. <laughs> I say oh, the same so things yeah, as yeah. me, actually. <laughs> My draftable qualities. Uh, no, I, I, I guess um, I was a player, so I understood footy. I knew what it was like to get a whack in the face, how I would respond. I had a feel for what that felt like and managing that. But I will share a story. When Jeff Geishin rang me in 2002 and said, um, we're offering you a contract, he said, Dono, the reason we picked you, because the games that you did in the preseason, um, you knew every player's name. And we just saw that was an exceptional way of your ability to want to be part of the system and the, and the effort you went to learning. And I was a footy nuffy, so I knew the players. So when I'm going... Ashley Sampy and all these sort of newer players, he's like, how would you know those? And to me, that was one of the skills that I had to get in, which is, you know, having the the one percenters, I guess. Yeah, how important uh, working together in a team? Like, I, I don't know where to take this. I just got so many. Like, so there's a team of three umpires. At any time during the AFL career, was it less than three? I was always three for me, yep. Uh, you've got to work together. Mm. Like, it's not one guy running around and he's the main umpire. There's obviously the controlling umpire yep. and the out-of-zone umpires. Yep. How important is that chemistry? Significant. I mean, we're always umpiring. There's no such thing as, hey, why are you overruling me? Um, if an umpire sees a free kick, the expectation is we pay it. Because sometimes the way the game's played now, there's 30 players in a, in a 50 and you can't always see. So if the bloke who's 40 metres away sees, you know, we're getting held or Pavage's arm being chopped, then we should pay that. That's what should happen. Um, and that's what does happen. So the, the team, and we're all mic'd up, so we're always talking to each other through our earpieces. So we're sharing knowledge, sharing, hey, just watch out, we'll scrag in that bloke, just be mindful, all those little why, things, why, which, which happened often. Say- why are you saying that? Why, just, why is that Because you, you were a scragger, so yeah, I, we'll just, get to that later. That's <laughs> we're going to have a whole item of <laughs> yeah. Will Scragger's dossier. Aaron grievances about Will's this play. Is, this is Dima gets unplugged, by the way, so we'll get to some unplugged later. Correct. Did you, um, uh, did you speak to each other a lot with those mics? Uh, when you needed to. Um, you've got to remember, guys actually umpiring you know, moments in, in games where you've got to have your full concentration yeah, levels up. So if a person's chirping in my ear, you'd always wait for a stop play if you could, or between goals when we've got that 45 seconds to do so. And what about the umpi- uh, attitude between umpires for, um, over, like you said, always umpiring, so overruling? Yeah. So ma- maybe not missing, but I've seen some where a high, pa- high tackle might be paid and there'll be someone in out of zone saying not higher. Was there ever a... Or Occasionally, but generally teamwork is rated so highly in our assessment that if you can pay a free that the other bloke didn't see and you've got the courage to pay it, then your share price goes up. So sometimes I feel umpires maybe overlook for that now a little bit. We've got to get the balance right. But generally, that's a massive tick for the umpiring group to have that teamwork synergy. What sort of things are you... Like, yeah. is there a, a list? You know, uh, you know, I'm assuming missed free kicks, incorrect free yep. kicks. Three criteria is correct which we all love, Yep. missed and unwarranted. I think most people, most players, and you'll know this, Will, you'd prefer us to miss a free kick because we just can't see what we can't pay yep. versus blowing a free kick and everyone goes, what the hell was that for? 
So you know, you know, the, the message to umpires is pay what you see, not what you think you can, not what you think you see. And if, is there sort of just an understanding that you've sort of got each other's back, no matter? Like he he comes in and says, "No, I saw that." Then you're like, "I 100 percent back 100%, you," or are you yeah. in the back of your head like, uh. I might say, look, I didn't really think it was free, but you blow your whistle, it's on you now. So whatever the yep. powers to be say, that's on them. But we never sort of spend too much time on it because it's just the game happens so fast. How then does the review process work? Do you, the three of you sit down together and go through film or anything like that? Not straight away. Um, after the game, you know, as we all know, you're pretty knackered. The last thing you want to do is go through yeah. review straight away. But I would go home the next day, go through my game, dump into Smarter Base all my feedback, my good, bad and ugly, and then the coach would do the same and then we'd have a conversation on Tuesday, either argue a few things and that happens. It swings around a bit. I didn't argue free kicks too much. I believe sometimes you get some and sometimes you don't. Um, and a bit like umpiring, some players get some and, and some don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, well, I got the don'ts. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. My Smarter Base, I'd be sitting with my coach, bloody arguing away. I tell you, D-Mar gets it. He got that wrong. That's why I stuffed up. It's the umpire's fault. I'm telling you. Um, what about some big moments then in, in your career? Um, you, you, I know you umpired a prelim final, which you just said, uh, that North one, mm. 2015. Um, what about some other big games? You mentioned Anzac Day. Yeah, it's really special. Do, do you remember big moments? Yeah, um, I certainly remember my first game, that West Coast game, round five, 2002. I'll never forget it for this reason. First of all, it's the best bounce that I've ever done. It was just the perfect spin, the height. I mean, I've never done one since, yeah. and I'm a pretty good bouncer. I was going to say, you were renowned as a good bouncer. Pretty good though, bouncer. Right? That was like the perfect everything, you know. Even the sponsors loved the way it spun up. You know, had all the right <laughs> point But I remember having that ball, and for a split second before the siren, when all that adrenaline's coursing through your, your body, you looked to your left, and I had Cousins, Kerr, and Judd. And over there I had Voss, Black, and um, Akamanis, I think. And I thought, my God, what am I doing here? These are, the, these, are the, <laughs> these are the game's elite players. And I almost felt like I didn't deserve to be out there. And then you reflect back on that game some 20 years later, and you got like three or four Brownlow medalists, a couple of runner-up Brownlow medalists, and then they're all Hall of Fame play- people. So that's a pretty special moment um, yeah. for sure. Anzac Day special, your first final when Gary Apple was playing for Geelong. They're all special. I had a lot of Hawthorne-Geelong games. You know, Isaac Smith after the siren. You know, you're standing there. You're in this greatest moment of all time at the G. And I'm thinking, geez, you know, these are really special times to be part of. Do you get that? Like the third person almost sort of sitting back and... Yeah. and do you get a chance to enjoy it? I mean, you're doing yeah, a job. Yeah, yes. That, that one I did enjoy because I remember Sam Mitchell said... Um, uh, I won't say exactly what he said. He said, um, Isaac, don't stuff this up. <laughs> you, can imagine you, can what what, you can say what he said. Well, don't, Mitch don't fuck it up. Don't, <laughs> Mitch, don't fuck it Mitch up, said to Isaac, don't fuck this up. This is grand final for us. And I'm sitting there going, how relaxed can these players be in the, the sirens gone? This is their whole season. And I'm just sitting there grinning and he missed it and they sort of just got on with it and moved on. So you've got to give them credit for that. They just have this really good disposition. Wow. Yeah. You would have seen some big moments firsthand that people wouldn't get to experience. And not even players would see what you saw because as players, definitely, you well, for me anyway, like you do remember some moments, but you're not you're not removed from it. Mm. Like umpires are removed. You're, you're you're meant to be you know a part of what's going on. But do you have other stuff like that? Do you remember sort oh, of oh, interactions yeah. between players? <laughs> yeah. And I, I know you would have seen a lot in three hundred seventy games. Yeah, um, I remember the Western Derby once, and I think it was the the day before. I think I think Ben Cousins had his tattoo on his chest on the day before, oh, two days before. Life, such is life. My my understanding is. One of the Carr brothers' girlfriends or wives' friend worked at the tattoo parlor that Ben Cousins had that tattoo, and obviously that got back to them. So in the game, I couldn't work out why 
Josh Carr's just pinching him and cracking him in the guts. I think he obviously was a mobby bit still sensitive. So that was a game that got out of hand. I think I had like 10 errors in the game. I had a migraine for three weeks. So it was just such every moment, guys getting pushed into fences. It was just full on. So I remember that being pretty challenging. Um, I remember James Heard when he had his face caved in in that game at Subiaco Oval many yeah. moons ago. He got a knee to the head and I was the umpire on the spot. And I remember going over thinking he'd been in a car accident. His face had just was everywhere. You know, he's tr- fractured cheekbone, oh. blood everywhere. So that's a moment I, I, I certainly remember. Um, but there's a lot. There's a lot out there. There's lots of bands from the field. But what I will say, and this is kudos to the players, is, you know, a lot of things have happened off the field which are quite sensitive to some. Um, they never Players never really raised it on field. That was like a line, a bit of a gentleman's agreement, and I, I fully acknowledge him for that. The, the one time that it crossed the line was... Remember Travis Cloak? He was going through a few mental demons and stuff and had a yep. few challenges. He was um, playing Fremantle and he was lining up for goals in a quarter and a Fremantle player, small, diminutive, a little bit aggressive at times, came up and said, oh... May have been on this podcast. Um, <laughs> he said to him, hey, Cloakie, dark rooms, quiet places, you okay there, mate? And I'm thinking, oof. So when he kicked the goal, I, he kicked the goal and I went up to his player and said, mate, I think that's getting close to the line of, you know, code conduct, you know, Personal stuff and yeah, yeah, right, Dana, all good. And I've got to ask. Um, this isn't related at all, but you were on the ground, I believe, paid a free kick when Hayden Ballantyne had a, a go ahead goal um, after the siren. Yes, paid the free kick, not yeah. a free kick. He yeah, the, the, the free kick, the deliberate out of bounds. Who, who Which, did it? Has Matt Rosa. Rosa. Has Matt Rosa contacted you. He on this got Matt. Are you watching Matt? Probably you should be. You've got to move on, Matt, because this happened so many years ago. Now, he's the footy manager at Peel, and yes. we have interactions in my role at the commission, and he still brings up – that wasn't a free kick, Dana. That was That's deliberate. Absolutely. It's, not a, mar- it's not a marking contest. He just bounced up, bang over the line. It's probably the quintessential insufficient intent slash deliberate we probably should use for coaching in all umpiring groups. Yeah. There you go. So Hashtag then, Matt sorry, sorry, from So Matt. then what do you remember? Because like, obviously he thought it went in. Yeah. People were celebrating, yeah, hit the post, the post. unsure. It's a really funny story, that, because um, I thought I'd nailed that free kick, which I did. And on Monday when my coach rang me, I see the old 03. Oh, that's, that's Melbourne. Hello. Um, talk me through it. I said, yeah, great free kick. I thought, you know, right place, good position. He goes, no, no, talk me through the set kick. I'm like, what do you mean? The what man it, on the mark. Yeah, so what had mate, happened? I, mate, I, just before you get into it, I copped a two-and-a-half-hour meeting on Monday because of this day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Um, the man on the mark stands there, which is which he has to stand. But Quentin ha- Lynch, Quentin Lynch, and then Hayden Ballantyne. The siren's gone, mm. so you must stay in a direct line. But Hayden Ballantyne's wheeled out and made ground, and I should have called play on no score. Now, in hindsight, lucky it touched the post, no score. And I said to um, my coach, I said, I don't think the game wants that. I think people want to see that. And then he said to me, I think West Coast players want you to just apply the rules. And it was a really confronting moment because I thought I'd nailed the moment, but when I reflect back on it, I actually got it wrong. What what happened with it though is was Lynchy moved. Yeah, he, that's what would have made it hard because, and that's why we got the two and a half hour meeting was how to stand on the mark. Yeah, so we we were doing the oh, stand rule before, before the stand yeah, rule before your time. If Lynchy had stood like that, Hayden Ballantyne would have been fifteen meters to his right, and it would have made it more obvious, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but um. But from my, the mark's the mark. Wherever I said it, that is the mark. If Lynchy moves off it, that's on me to still know that. So I, I, I want to get to this point because like, I've seen it across socials and I think it's something that runs around and I think it's a good point to talk about it because we're talking about a free kick given to a Fremantle player to potentially win a game. People on social media talk about you empowering West Coast and Fremantle. Mm. Talk to me about the importance of... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... 
Neutral? Impartiality. Impartiality Impartiality is the word. How important is that to you? It's a word I don't even need to have because it's never been an issue for me. I mean, this myth that I'm a member of the West Coast, I've got my own parking bay, my wife's receptionist, has just grown legs. And And I'll tell you where this grew from, by the way. When I came back from a significant injury in 2015, I hosted a group of Down Syndrome kids at a Fremantle versus Giants game. And I had a beanie on. And the beanie was navy blue and orange. And it had 06, which is my number. It's just a quirky thing I wore. People thought that was a blue and gold beanie, which grew like the this... 06 sort of Premiership something beanie or something. Like, yeah, something like that. And then it was kind of crazy. And they got posts on social media. Look at Margetts wearing an Eagles beanie. I'm going, oh my God, it's orange and blue. And it just grew legs and... People often say, hey, does your wife seriously work at West Coast? And I've said to them, have you actually rung 9381, whatever the number is out there, Will, um, and asked to speak to her? Oh, no, we'll do it. So it, it, that is really disappointing. I've got huge admiration for the West Coast Eagles Footy Club uh, and I've got huge admiration for the Rio Footy Club because I have um, good professional working relationships with all administrators, all coaches and players at both clubs. So I've spent 20 years of my life being there, educating, going on community camps with them and you build rapport. But as you know, well, when you're out there, the game's the game. It happens too quick. It's too fast. I can't even think, oh, hang on, my mum goes to West Coast, but my dad goes for Collingwood. How am I going to... You can't happen. It just cannot happen. And if I wanted to throw a game, my career would have lasted one game. And it would want to be a good payout because I wouldn't have had the success I had through that. So I get really agitated with that notion. As you should. I guess I wanted to ask it so you could actually speak to it. Because, I mean, that's one really big point I wanted to get you on here for is add that human element. Because mm. I hear things like that, and my first reaction is... What a fucking joke. My second reaction is, as a player, although I like playing... I, I, you're, you're an umpire I remembered a lot, to be honest, because I think we're able to give our, each other shit. I think I was able to tell you what I thought, and mm-hmm. you'd come back at me sometimes, yep. and I actually respected that. Yep. But overall, I, th- I, I, I used to come away thinking, fucking Dean, he was looking after the opposition <laughs> too much. But I reckon, in hindsight, in hindsight, I actually thought that about every single umpire I ever played against, <laughs> uh, played with. But yeah, I just sort of see that, and I think I think the same thing as you. Clearly, it's about you, but I think the game happens so fast, so quick. That and you're and you're such an experienced, uh, well versed umpire across mm. many seasons. That uh, yeah, I think it's disrespectful to be really honest. I, I remember I called your program last year when I was listening. To, I was actually driving. I think I was even driving to the game. It was the day before the, my last game, the Western Derby, and some clown rang yeah. up and said. Well, and I think it might have been Simon Beaumont, um, I know for a fact that Jeff Dalgleish and Dean Margetts have West Coast Eagle memberships. I know that for a fact. And I'm driving along going, how can you possibly know that? This was before it's your not last a fact. game, I remember I, 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 I rang up and I spoke to the producer and my name comes up at 6pm now. Oh, Dean will put you through, so I kind of feel like a bit of a VIP now. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness to me, I shut him down on air. By the way, I was like, "Look, mate, I don't." Yeah, it was good. I don't think that's at all. And then, and I just ran. And I obviously went through. And I said, "That's just an insane comment." And to you know, Will's credit, he texted me and said, "Thanks for calling it." So sometimes, um, the humanising of um, nonsense is important. And I hope people sort of appreciate um, me being a bit more honest. And now that I'm a mum pouring, I can share a few more stories. And I don't have to go for the AFL and get clearance. I can be a bit more me. Because um, I think people would appreciate, and, and I've met lots of people and I've had these conversations in this sort of form. And most people are going, "Oh God, he's actually human after all. He's a decent sort of bloke." And I think most umpires are. We're all decent human blokes. We've the point, well, I mean, the point off the top right is um, there's no access to umpires. 
there's access to players and coaches and everyone else. Yeah. There's no access to umpires. I don't think we should be protected. We're all grown men. We're, all, we're not shrinking violence. We should be able to get on in front of the lights and say, you know what, um, yeah, I made a mistake. This is what I thought, but the AFL seem a bit protected of us. And I understand, but I reckon people would want to see it. So I'm thinking about having Demar gets access all areas. That could be my new show. <laughs> oh, totally. Maybe. Does that Triple have A. They have um, Steve, Steve Jabby, I think his name is, um, has a spot. In the NBA, and he's a like an, a retired referee, and like yep. they go to him mid game, like, "What do you yeah. think of that call?" And he's like, "Oh, I probably wouldn't have called that or yeah. whatever." And it's really interesting. I love it. I, like, I think that we did that in the AFL. When, remember when um, John Russo did it? I was many say years like ago. Channel Ten yeah. when there was like that's right. Hot. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so if any any um, broadcast is looking for a Dima gets uh, person, back chat. Do they back chat? Back chat. Yeah. Do they do a like last five minute report that gets out like where missed and made calls were are addressed in the AFL? It's too late sometimes. It comes out Wednesday. People don't care Wednesday. They want to know post-game or maybe 24 hours after. Yeah. I, I think that's where we miss it a bit. Um, and I think we can make some inroads if we were a bit more open with it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what about the art? We've got some questions about the art of umpiring, some stuff that happens. Just I just have questions about. Uh, I'll go off the top. How do you measure a 50-meter penalty? Do you know how big the center square is? I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was different at every ground. Is that Isn't that funny? So we've got a player here who's on reasonable coin. Uh, um, so don't don't do this. No, don't. I'm going to do this because it needs to be because like, this frustrates me because these these players, the AFL players, go out onto the oval, and if I ask Will you this question, that point post and that goal post, what's the diff- what's the diff- distance between oh, that? It's the it's for eighteen meters from point to point. See, it's close, but I would say to players, shouldn't you know? Isn't knowledge power? Like, isn't the more you know, the better? Anyhow, the square's 50 I know by every. 50. I know every 50 rule. By 50. If, you, if you did a quiz with me and asked me about rules, what would happen if we did this? I know every rule, and it used to piss me off how many players wouldn't right. know rules. Audience, queue up. Queue up this. <laughs> zone in. Can we do like a close-up shot here? Will, I've just taken a mark. Okay. You're umpiring. Okay. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm joking. I've joking. taken I'm joking. a mark. I've gone. He's behind, Ben Brown. He's taken a mark. I've gone behind the goal line. Yes. I've gone to kick it and it's hit the goalpost. Yes. And you're the umpire. What are you doing? Um, I am balling it up just 10 metres out from goals. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, audience. So here's a player who just thought he knew everything and he's got it straight off the bat wrong. <laughs> What's the answer? That's actually a reset kick. Really? Have that again. Let's just reset that one. So you would I mean, at least I didn't say it's a score. No, but you got it wrong. It was clearly wrong, <laughs> yeah. and you said it's you right didn't get it wrong. right, so that's okay. <laughs> that's very good. We might throw a few more later, because I might get this three strikes, so we're one strike down. Uh, I, 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 find, I, like I find, if anything, umpires are usually a little too generous with the 50. Because I think there was well, there was one last week that I saw that was like 65. Like, it was... Yeah. They marched, they, like, kept going, like, surely going to stop them. Yeah. But, um, obviously, it's hard to... Me- like, you don't have a measuring tape. You've got to go off feel, so that's sort of part of it. Are you sort of... Are you counting steps? Are you going just by... No. Using land, I didn't ask you a question. Sorry, we're using the, the the landscape of the ground. You know, from goal line to fifty is fifty. The goal, the center square is fifty. So you've got a rough idea using those. Now, if you get within five metres, I think we'd accept that sixty-five is way to whack. You disadvantage your team. Um, that's why knowing your landmarks is important. But certainly, the fifties are fifty at all grounds. That's why the SCG fifty looks very close to the square. At mm. Optus, it's different because that's yeah. just uh, the way it is. Yeah. Um, and by the way, just so you know, everyone, the distance between point post and goal post, it's all 6.4 metres. So point post to point post is 19.2. Now, how far is a legal kick? 15 metres. So we, that's the way we measure those little dump kicks across goal. Either what? not 15 uh, play on yeah. or pay them up. About what, what about this one? Um, so this year it was, well, it was a little bit of umpire descent, but it was also, uh, f- yeah, it was, sorry, it was it was umpire descent. And an overcorrection or an overreaction 
when a new rule or new adjudication is coming out that we see usually at the start of a year, but sometimes, you know, mid-season, they, they yep. tweak how they're adjudicating or you tweak uh, holding the ball rule or whatever. Is how, how does that happen? You know, how is that actually pushed down to umpires? And then is there sort of like a WhatsApp group with umpires <laughs> that you kind of all go on, well, we just got told that, but do you have a chat? And is that how that We works? have a WhatsApp group, but that's not normally the chat, no. <laughs> generally. Um, I think what we see is there's generally like a bit of a crank up in the pre-season. Obviously, that Carlton-Melbourne game, you know, yeah, it was like crazy, nine, nine Melbourne. Yeah. But what happens is the premiership team from the year before are very generous in their feedback to umpires because they're all of a sudden they're bullish and we're the premiers and they give a bit more feedback. Is that? Is that that's fair income. Yeah, yeah, yep, definitely. I, I, I think your agree. career change post-premiership, yeah. Me personally, yeah, yeah, you got more creative with your feedback. You know, I'm a big dog now. <laughs> shit. You know, here's my medal, and I don't think I did that, Dean. That's I not think that's fair. probably that's, that's Ge- Geelong Hawthorne. You know, mature players. You know, very confident themselves, and you know, when they're successful, I always found that they're a bit more. Um, that's interesting. Know, a bit more clever with their feedback and strong. Yeah, right. So, and then if it does, what what is said in the umpires' WhatsApp? Is it is it p- pure business or nah? A lot of it's crazy stuff. We're no different to players, you know. Um, Stupid pictures that you see. Yeah, um, ragging on each other's calls. Like ragging, no, yeah, silly, yeah. silly photos and stuff. Um, a lot of guys you know, have got shares in horses, see a horse, all this sort of crap. No different to footy clubs at all. Yeah. Probably even worse at times. <laughs> what yeah. about with these new the rules that get brought in that there's such a hot focus on? Is there a point where they're like, all right, cool, we've, we've established that that's a rule we're calling now. Do you start to sort of cool it off a bit? There's no such thing as rule of the week. I just got to just dispel that notion. Our coaches will say, "Look, we've got to focus here this week because we miss some deliberate out of bounds." Let's just go back to the cues. What we're we looking for. Let's just you know, remind ourselves. Don't over. Don't pay what you can't see, but just a focus area. Um, some some areas are really good at holding the ball. Great this week. Well done. Stick to the cues. You know, dive on the ball. Legal tackle. Holding the ball. You know, if they're not knocking it out. So we have focus area. But this rule of the week nonsense, which media tend to sort of percolate out there, is, is inaccurate. Yes. What, see, what, what concerns me with media sometimes is on a listener Friday night and the, the commentators will say, and this is Luke Hodge and Daisy Pierce, and they're, they're legends of the game, but when they keep saying, oh, there's two hands in the back there, why didn't they pay that? There's no such rule as hands in the back. That rule went out four years ago. It's either a push in the back or the player's you holding hold their the ground. ground. 100%. Yeah. So when they say hands in the back, and when BT says it, people at home go, well, BT says he must be right. And I'm just sitting at home tearing my hair out because it's just so wrong. Do umpires educate broadcasters? We should. Absolutely, 100% we should. And I don't know why the AFL don't just take text channels and say, hey guys, you're getting that wrong. Um, please correct it and, and say it right. I mean, that should be where the AFL and the media are, are sort of in harmony and, and getting those messages right. I think Because I always used to enjoy um, pre-season, so I guess for, for listeners and watchers, um, you know, we, we, spend, we spend pre-season training, but like especially later in my career, umpire used to be down there every week. Yep. Uh, might have been you, yeah. might have been some of the other fellas. Dal Gleish was Dal- down Dal- there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a couple of other guys. We'd have one big meeting that was usually like, it was like the, I don't know, it was like the big reveal of, the big reveal, the, yeah. uh, these are the rules, these are the ones that are changing, we're going to go through them. Yep. And it's like, it was either you or someone else had been like <laughs> drawn in the short straw who Just had to present it to the players. Everyone. Yeah, because it was an open forum. Yep. It's, it's all the players and coaches and you can ask questions, yep. which was good. But it was always, without doubt, there was no like, oh, geez, Dean, you had a great year last year, mate. Like, <laughs> you, you paid so many great free kicks. It was always <laughs> like, that. what is that? Yeah. Tell us about this. And I used right. to enjoy them. Though, you're right. right. Um, yeah. I <laughs> and it goes back to the umpire descent and relationships. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I can I I will share a funny story with the with the audience. I remember there was a whole raft of new rules. Um, I think it might have been the stand rule about three or four years ago when it came in, and I remember Simo got up in front of the group and said, okay. 
right, guys, you've got 30 seconds to talk to your mate. And say, How can we exploit this rule? And I'm sitting in the room going, this is why we have no chance. And we <laughs> ah, probably great. remember, he would, the coaches would actually say that. And I'm standing there going, okay. Then I get all these crazy questions. So what if I do this? I'm thinking, whoever asked, I think, I think was it might have been Tom Barras last year, said, okay, so if I've got the ball, I'm going for goal. So I said, first of all, when are you going to be going for goal? <laughs> Secondly, he goes, if I charge at the bloke at the last minute, deviate, and you haven't called playing, what do I do? I said, I want to see you do that. <laughs> yeah. So you get some crazy... Shannon Hearn was the worst. He'd say, no, Dino, he'd go through all this hypotheses of what he would do, and I'm thinking to myself, if you ever do that in a game and stuff my career or my season, I'll kill you. And to his credit, he didn't, but he'd always leave me these little lingering doubts. He's the sort of guy that would do this in a game. The, um, the, Good fellow, the, 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 the hands in the back thing made me think of... Um, so the umpires used to come down and umpire, um, sometimes drills, match but mainly him, match yeah. him, right? Yeah. And, and I always used to interact a lot to see what I could get away with, honestly, because yeah. yeah. it was training. Um, can I get away with this push? Can I get away with this hold? Can I do this and that? Is that a good thing for umpires as well? Do you enjoy that? Yeah, we, we, you can't simulate drills. Not with can um, I get away with? No, it, no, no. But, like, but the good is this question, right or wrong? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think you can't. We can't simulate drills at training with our guys. So going to the players and the clubs is the best way. You know, they're, they're fighting for spots in games. You know, they're pushing the envelope a bit. And for us, we really enjoyed that. And there's no substitute for um, match sim like um, when we go to the clubs. There was sorry. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. There was there was a stage where. Uh, there was, you know, no hand. You could use no hand on the elbow, right. um, if you remember that. <laughs> I do. And then it went from, you know, you could hold your ground to you couldn't push at all, and then you could push, yeah. and then you could, and then you can <laughs> hold your ground with your two yeah. hands. And so every year, you have to change. It was, it was a lot of it affected backman, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm a grumpy backman, back chat. Arm, arm chop, you know, yeah. all that stuff. It was, it was to make the game high scoring yep. and harder to defend. Yep. How, how do you see the overall? Game in terms of rules that come in like that. Now you're out of the picture. Did you enjoy changes? I th- yeah, or? I don't mind. I mean, people say, did you like changes? Whether I liked it or didn't like it, it didn't matter. I had to apply them. It's like policemen, you know, if you don't like that speeding zone there, well, we're going to complain to the commissioner. You just got to accept the law book and, and apply it quickly and, and educate the players as best we can. And then we get the, the happy medium. Um, but certainly, um, uh, I think the 666 has been okay. I think the stand rule's okay. The only problem with stand is, stand. It's, a, it's exhausting because you're exhaling all the time. It's like, I want that air in my lungs. And sometimes you know the player's not me. Stan, Stan, it's constant. And do, do people at home want to hear that all the time? Yeah, I don't it. know. I don't know. What about the nominate ruck rule? Okay. Now, I need to dispel the myths. Now, okay. people go, oh, it's like Oskick. The reason that was brought in because Ruckman didn't know who was contesting. Now, Kurt Tippett got a that knee in the head. surprise me. Kurt Tippett got a knee in the head in the Giants game. And from that day on, it was because all these people went up and he didn't know who was competing. So the reason we do it, it's like... Will, Dan, yep. So then you know who you're competing against. No one else can come through. It's just you two. And that's no one's going to be smashing you in the head. So it's not to be Auskick. It's to make sure the Ruckman are clear on who's about to compete for that ball in. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that way. Yeah, that's what happens. No one thinks. But if they ask, you get the answer. You go, oh, that's not a bad idea. See so yeah. what's happening? Harmony. Just, just get down just yeah. get down to the clubs a bit more, Dan. Yeah, well, you they're, do they're, one, yeah. a team meeting a week and you just get abused <laughs> up the front line. <laughs> I, I like becoming an umpiring consultant now, a new, new, new title. What was the um, – I'd like to hear Dean's take on your little um, trick that you used to pull. So you, I remember you saying I wonder if umpire, he umpire position and you used to put hand on the shoulder. No, I, I didn't know where the umpires were, but I, I, I had a few, right? So we'll see if you picked any of these up. Um, when I spoiled – and this probably got called three times in my career, and I reckon every spoil I ever did, I did it. My one of my hands, usually my left, would be on the um, opposition player's shoulder, and 
it, it just looked really natural. But always, I'd be higher than my opposition because you can't jump just with got, it. Yeah, yeah. And so that was one. I had one instead of – I always found a hold of the jumper would be held. Yep. Uh, sorry, called. Yep. You guys can see when the, the jump When holder. the sail comes out, yeah. So did a lot of practice at training about holding with body parts, holding wrists. And I was a scragger, you're right. Um, holding <laughs> hips, um, holding, you know, bo- body. Like if you're going to grab here, you cannot be grabbing the jumper. You need to be grab- grabbing the ribs, grabbing the, the hips, grabbing the legs. So uh, for the last 60 seconds, you've just told us all how much you tried to basically... <laughs> Gotta do it, mate. Break the laws of the game. And then when I caught you out, you would then abuse me for it. <laughs> yeah. Is that extraordinary in itself? He's just admitted in every contest he's just about made. But that's what the game's about. The players will challenge us to make mm. the call. I went on a pre-season camp with Hawthorne once for, for five days on the Gold Coast back in 2005. And I remember being in the meeting with Alistair Clarkson and he used to say, boys, I want you to challenge these blokes. And he's pointing at us. I'm going, hmm, what do you mean? You know, deliver our bounds. It, it, kick it out there. They might get it right 80%, but if we get that 20%, we've got to stop each. We'll take that. I was like, wow, people go to that nth degree, and you have to look back on his career and go, that's pretty reasonable. You wonder where Simo got it from. Maybe, yeah. Like, yeah, the Hawthorne um, coaching um, clinic. What about what about away and home crowds? And home crowd advantage, home crowd um, to, you know, the noise of affirmation. Pressure to call something. Yeah. Yeah, pressure or cheering think, or booing or... I think initially work? in your career, it's, it's there when you're learning. You're sort of, you know... Yeah, it, it, it's a little as you get longer in the tooth. Um, you certainly, it's just a bit of. And I hate using this word, but this white noise thing. It's a bit like that. Free kick counts when you go. Oh my God, free! I've had thirty nine free kicks, and Giants have had ten. How's that possible? The reality is, we don't get a sheet that says, "Boys, you got to square this up. This is crazy." If they're generally there, we'll pay them. It could be fifty to two. Sometimes we might do a review, and it might be even more for the the team that's got the most free kicks. If you pay the warranted. That's all we ask for. So free kicks you know, don't have to be even. We don't discuss them. And um, it's never generally an issue. I mean, when you walk off the field and you look at it, you know, geez, didn't feel like that. Sometimes it happens. But the team in front, winning by 100 points, is generally first of the ball. Um, they're getting the free kicks for high. They're getting the poor tackles. And some, tac- some teams are pretty ill-disciplined with their tackling. And, and it does cost you freeze. You know, so. What do you talk about at quarter time, half time, three-quarter time, and after the game? Um, quarter time, we might get some feedback from our coach up in the box just saying, good, good start, guys. You know, good intensity levels. Just... Just general stuff. Um, we don't get a whiteboard up and say, hey, guys, really awesome free kick there against Will Scope. He's holding on. We <laughs> no, don't, we I don't thought get maybe that. you might get numbers of, you know, you've, you've, you've hit 10 out of, you know, you've got 10 out of 10, no, right? No, no numbers. Because what, what if a coach said, don't you miss six free kicks in the first quarter? It's in my mind, then, my God, do I miss more? Do I pay more? Compensate. My stress levels go up. Welcome, no, I, welcome to fucking time as a player, Dean. I'll tell you what happens <laughs> I, at quarter time I, in the player I, huddle. Stoey, you've missed six <laughs> targets, mate. You need to kick. I, try to run it out in the second I, quarter. Like, hey, this is I good. only made six errors in my my career, so I don't know how you went with one-on-one <laughs> one game. But, but we get feedback mostly post-game because there's so much happening and we, we can't review. Sometimes I'll say up, was that okay? And the coach might say, yeah, it looks okay. And you get the feedback, like it was an error. Because they know that it might play with your mind, yeah. so you've got to be mindful of that. That's, that's the other thing, like make-up calls, is that, I mean, I feel like it happens. but It's a dirty word, Dan. does yeah. not happen. It doesn't? Nope. It does, does it What's not? a make-up call mean? What, talk well, to, what does it mean? Tell so, me what you mean. Okay, so you've missed a high tackle uh, in your mind. You're like, I probably should have paid that. Blatantly high tackle. The next time it comes around, maybe that's not a high tackle, but you're like, I'm going to give it to so like, make, make up for the last so one. So just make it up. Well, not yeah. make it up, but you're like, that's if if it was 50-50, you're going to err on the side of give the give the decision. Never happens. Never. Pay, oh, no. well, I can't speak for other umpire, but for me, you can only pay what you see and take it on. It's like, it's like walking down a hotel corridor, right? You open up one door, break it, good, close. Next one, boom. 
You can't be going, oh, my God, did I leave the iron on in that room? I, 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 you just got to keep moving forward because it'll just haunt you forever. Mm. You look haunted, Dan, too. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's a big West, big West Coast fan, Dan. And he's, you're hurting, he's, mate. I understand you're he's hurting. A, he's a bit No, it's just it, – it I'm, I'm not saying it like it just – I feel like I feel like it happens a lot in basketball. Like there's, there's other sports where I think that the umpires or officials go – like, I need to make up for that mistake. Yeah, I, I don't think that happens. Okay. Um, but certainly umpires are human. And I know, and I know I've made a mistake. Uh, no one feels worse than the umpire. I remember I missed a high tackle to Mark Lacroix in a derby many years ago. Sean McManus took his head off. And I was just in a position where I could not see. And the crowd goes up. and go, oh, my God. Then Lacroix goes off at me. And I'm thinking, oh. And then I look at the replay. And oh, my God. His head's still bouncing down the Hay Street Mall <laughs> as we speak. But I went up to Mark and said, look, mate, I, got, I just missed it, mate. And he was okay. Well, he still reminds me to this day. But, I was um, going to say, I reckon he's told me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to go down to Savannah's and umpire him too. We've got to square the ledge at me and Lekker, so we'll sort it out in the coming weeks. Is there, is there specific players that you remember <laughs> giving you more feedback than others? Or uh, yeah. You know what I found? Um, the players, when they're coming close to the end of their careers, started going crazy. Really? Matt Pavlich couldn't do what he used to do. Frustrated. Um, Mark Lacroix, not as nippy, missing the goals, couldn't do it. Will Schofield, yes. scrag more than ever. You knew that was coming. Yes. So you, and you know that because you just can't do what you, you don't have the same speed, you don't have the same goal, you don't have the same um, smarts. And I find that the players coming to the end, you just know. Did you get better as an umpire as you got older? Yeah, I did. I right actually, to the end? Yeah. To the very end? Yeah. I wish I was. No. No, seriously. I've still got the player in me. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, I knew I wasn't as fast as I used to be, but I still thought I was in really good physical condition. So, I, um, yeah, I, I would have liked to in a couple more years, but that happens. Does, does, does the umpire descent piece that's being... Uh, I, I, honestly, I spoke to you mm. um, for oh, probably three weeks ago about umpire descent, and, yep. and it was it was really being rolled out hot by Brad Scott, um, saying, you know, no level of descent is acceptable. We don't, you know, don't accept any level of descent. Didn't really define what dissent was, and that was kind of my issue. How, what do you think of player umpire relations? You know, up until you retired, and in general, right now, as good as it's ever been, to be honest. I mean, and that's all um, on the back of the visits we have, the rapport we build. I think players really respect the role that we have and understand how hard our our, our job is. So the dissent thing, I didn't know where this arms out came from. It was never even mentioned any time last year, so I don't know where it came from. These um, six thousand short umpires that you know Gill obviously raised in the AFL. I'm not sure putting your arms back is going to stop that, if you know what I mean. I don't know if that's relevant. Um, the, the one that hurt us the most, in my view, was Easter Monday. You know, when Jack Gunston and Tom Mitchell were talking 50 minutes off the ball and they sort of pointed at the screen and said, hey, was that a free for that? That's not dissent. That's a conversation between players. And if we don't blow that 50, no one's even talking about it. The fact that the umpire blew the whistle said, respect. Everyone's going, oh, what was that for? Then when you go and look at it, you go, oh, my God, I reckon that put more pressure on umpiring by paying that than if we had to just let it go and had the conversation. So I reckon that one hurt us a bit. Um, I understand the aggressive arms out, throw the mouth guard, point at the scoreboard, but the one on Friday night when I think, um, was it um, McKenzie, when he said, hey, hit the, hit the ground, that wasn't aggressive. That was just having a comp. That was just interaction. I just reckon that's a little bit strong. We've gone a little bit too far. Uh, I mean, some umpires, I mean, not, not every umpire is the same. No single umpire is the same as the other. You have different personalities. Yeah. You have... You know the different abilities, different talent, different experience. Um, how does that get balanced with, I guess, what you do in terms of, you know, is it the same as players? You got young players, yeah, old players, 100%, and percent no middle? doubt. You know, you've got good decision makers. You know, I mean, I could umpire you, where you'd know me by first name, but there'd be an umpire come from me, and you wouldn't have a clue who he was. So you're not sure what the boundaries are. Now, my my descent boundaries would be far greater than a second gamer. 
I mean, Brad Scott made a bit of his rod for him back. He put this new rule out there and then said, but it's up to the umpire to make the call. Yes. Well, if I make the call that I don't think it's aggressive, am I going to get clipped or what, what does that mean? So I think it left it a bit ambiguous. Mm. They've, they've wound that back, by the way, just so we know. They, they have, they're not paying those hands out as much. Well, their players aren't doing it as much either, but you know, in that game, we were talking about that Friday night game, there was a couple of pretty aggressive ones. We didn't pay those, and the guy just sort of pointed the ground, we paid it. So there's that inconsistency, and that's where the frustration is sometimes born. Yeah, okay. What about Brownlow, folks? Yeah. I'd love to find out how that all works, your thought process and who you give votes to. Do you get to see stats before you make your decision? All of that. No, it's a good question. I get asked. That's the, probably the most question. That's the highest rating question I get. Is, oh, How's Brownlow work? Taking a while we to get into yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. Um, some days it's really easy. It takes five minutes. Some days it can take us forty-five minutes. We know how important the award so is. You're together. Yep, all three of us. So four of us. The emergency umpire comes in, just gives us his feedback because he sits there and watches it from the ground. So okay, fair enough. Generally, it validates what we're thinking. Um, do we get a sheet? There you go, Dean. That's the sheet. No, we don't. Um, if I'm walking off the ground and some numbers flash up, I'll glance at it as a cursory, but it doesn't sort of form my view that, oh, my God, he had 38 kicks, so we've got to have – that doesn't matter. It's influence on game. Who had the most influence on this match? And I could – I'm using West Coast players. Will, since you played there, I'll throw it back to you. Um, if Josh Kenny kicked nine goals, Tim Kelly had 41 disposals, and, or Jerry McGovern took 23 intercept marks and kept Buddy to two goals, who are you giving the votes to? That's the conversation. I don't so know. You don't know. So <laughs> that's the, they're the things we go, who influenced, how do we go? And sometimes it's subjective. I'll tell you what, it's not the backman. That's the <laughs> yeah, answer. No, it's never yeah. going to be the backman. Did you ever get any, vote, any votes at all? One game. Wow. And I looked up if you umpired. And I was like, <laughs> was please it, tell me you weren't. No, you weren't. Oh, no. I was going to hang was, my hat on that one It was too. Carlton yeah. at West Coast. and wow. I just, just That's slip. impressive, isn't it, to get one? Oh, very, very happy as yeah. a backman. Yeah, I got, get, I, 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 one vote. I, I may have been confused and linked together <laughs> with two players. I mean, honestly, like I played better games than that yeah. and, and was more influential. And, you know, it was one thing like in my career, I wasn't often in the best. I played my role a lot. That's mm. what I was. I was a role player. But I wouldn't wake up in the morning and see my name in the best players. Yeah. But do the average, games I did, do, I never got yeah. Brownlow votes for. Do it. average players say that? I'm a role player. Is that their, that's that their go-to? Is that what you, you reckon? No, I'm just asking. I just, I'm just saying that. Oh, Dan. I like this attitude, Dan. I'll come straight back at you. Got know. Tw- I've got 20 years pent up. I want to release, I want to release this, the man. Well, this is a, no, this is a perfect time. Talk, talk about our relationship on the field. Do you have any specific memories of Will Schofield on the footy field? Uh, it was more the Tuesday sessions after the game. Like Sometimes if I'd paid some frees against Will, which he thought were you know, poor, when we come to the clubs... He just wouldn't talk to me. He just would turn his back on me. Get <laughs> really quickly. He would. He wouldn't move on, and that's a true story. And that's why I'm glad you asked that question. Because I thought uh, I was always quite no, you, interpersonal. But, yeah, no, you were generally. But if you felt there was a couple on the weekend that didn't quite go your way, then Tuesday or whatever Wednesday session, it didn't work for Will and I. You know, I could see that it was like Will and Grace arguing, but there was no love. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I remember pretty much every free kick that was ever given against me, Dean. So I've got a list of them here. No, There's no, a thousand nah, on there. Nah. I think I think we all said two weeks ago that you you've actually never given away a free kick. I can't remember ever giving uh, doing something in the game that deserved giving a free <laughs> kick away. If we just rec- we just go back to that sixty seconds of all the things you did, tried to do, manipulated, yeah. knew yeah. the umpire was to do it this side. That was impressive. I, the, the thought that went into that planning, I like. That. I reckon. I reckon to get away with the free kicks, I you know I would have given away fifteen free kicks. He's a game. That's one thing. If, if every free kick was paid during a game of footy, you blokes would be even more unpopular than you Correct. are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because so you don't pay every free kick that's there. So I, I, I've get, I get into a bit on social with people when I start calling out stuff like that. Oh, well, there's a free kick. You know, it's, it's in the rules. 
you don't pay every free kick that's there, Dan. Because there's that subjectivity and that technicality. So if I just glance Dan's shoulder, is that a high tackle? Technically, yes, but do we want to pay that? Probably not. So Because we could pay 100 free kicks in a game. The average is about 37.8. And when it goes to 50 or a month, we're like, oh, that's a lot of free kicks. So they'll probably review that game more than the other ones because the, the, you know, the trend is your friend scenario. Yes. Um, so that's, that might highlight it a bit to the, to the, the powers of be. What about notorious like duckers and people that ham it up a bit? Are you... Trying, are you? I mean, it's obviously it's hard because they're trying yeah. to sell a free kick. So, what about that notion around calling a, a sold free kick? Yeah, well, the, the rules have changed. So, duck is now ducks now pro opportunity. If you get tackled on your arm and you flip it up, you know, you know, a bit like you know the players we're talking about naming names. But oh, I will. Luke Shuey, Joel Selwood. Yep. I, didn't name, I didn't name them. No, absolutely, former player did. Um, so, the rules have sort of you know helping us to protect that. Um, there's some players absolutely still do it, but again, you can only pay what you see. But certainly should I go into a game thinking, okay, if that bloke flips and flops, um, don't pay it. If it's genuine, we should pay it. He deserves it. Go back to the Brownlow medal. So you guys you guys come up with uh, your 3-2-1. Yep. Um, do umpires have a better idea than a punter would of who's going to win the Brownlow each, each year, honestly? This is a really good question. And people say the umpires can't do it. They've got too much to worry about, too much to concentrate on. It's the most... Sacrilege award in footy, isn't it? We have the West Australian Ump Player of the Year, the Herald Sun Player of the Year, the MVP, all that palaver. Now, if we got four media people to do the Brownlow, it is so open to corruption. So, I mean, all the all the media punters pun on footy, we know that. You can tell by their mood changes in the box and that. So, if you if you could imagine them sitting here going, okay, that's just where this out. You telling me they they wouldn't be ringing India and Mumbai? And, it couldn't happen. This is one award where it's a bit like Fight Club. You just don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. It's like Brownlow Club. We do the we do the votes, and that's it. Once we sign that back, that armor guard slip, that's it. We don't talk about it again. Now people say you must know. I say, how can I know? I do one game a week of twenty three rounds. There's eight other games happening, which I have got no clue what's going on. So how could I know? Even if I wrote them all in my little notebook, I couldn't still track them, could I? It's do, not possible. Do umpires get invited to the Brownlow? Only the grand final. This is this hurts. Can I? This this, this hurts this bit. It's the umpires award. But we only get the three grand final umpires from the year before only get invited. Why is that? Why is that? I hate that. It's the one thing. If Gil could change, change that before you leave. Because I've umpired for 20 years and the only way I got to a brand lab was last year because it was at home in Optus and we were invited, which was nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Brett Rose needs to go to nine or Matt Stephen needs to go to eight. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's right. We should have a table of ten and we just rotate it. Once you're in 100 games, you get a chance to go and you can say I've experienced it. This, oh, I think all I've The Brownlow medal yeah. is not part of the grand final. It's home and away. Yes. It's, a, it's a bit of a nonsense. That's a, that's a prickly thing for me. Do you watch, yeah. do you watch it all together? Do you, no. Does no. anyone, do you care? Do no. umpires care? No, we're interested. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes you might go, oh, I remember writing that one down. You try and remember. I was going to say. You try and remember. Yeah. One vote Schofield. You're like, it's, it's, uh, yeah. No, we'd all remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Celebration. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I love your aggression. I really do. This is why I respected you as an umpire. What about the tribunal then? Okay, mm. so Brownlow Medal, that's how you deal with that. Tribunal yeah. is an umpire thing as well. Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. No, it's not. No, we, just, right. we, we report it. Chris, I'll ring out and say, I don't know, um, that report you made against um, Schofield, we've had a look at it. This is what we think. What do you think? I said, that's pretty much what it is and that's it. It's no... 10 year, 15 years ago, I have to put the suit on, go into the city, yeah. sit in the room like this, get the QC, and it was like a full-on panic attack. You're getting grilled by QCs and judges and going, hey, I just saw Will Whack that bloke. That's all I saw. Can I go now? It's, it gets pretty full-on. It's intimidating. Have you, have you reported many people on the field, on-field reports? Yeah, oh, mate. 
maybe Buddy Franklin. I remember. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah that got a bit of coverage because you report a high-profile player and then you're on the back page of the paper. I didn't report Tom Hawkins for the the touchy touchy thing that happened at Geelong. Was that five. you? Yeah, it was me. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Funny story that one. Um, can we, can we Tom, Tom's been on this. On back Has track. he really? Yep. Mm. Has he apologised? Anyhow, to who? Me. 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 He whacked me. He whacked me in a, in a um, elimination final. Did he really? No, Nothing. No umpires. Wow. No, no one came to my defence. So don't act like you're all high and mighty. No human eyes. I've got nothing. No human eyes. No yeah. Um, so yeah, in that game was Giants and Geelong at um, Jimba Stadium. You know, it's a long trip from a boy from Perth. We went down there and I paid a 50 against Tom. And as he came toward me, he sort of, I said, Tom, easy. And he sort of knocked my hand away. It was a fucking reflex. I didn't think much of it. I said, mate, Tom, just don't touch me. And then... Nothing happened, get in the car, and my phone's blown up. I thought, well, what's going on here? And then, obviously, it became a massive issue. Down by contact, you know, on the back page of the Herald Sun, and you all of a sudden become pretty famous in the footy landscape. So, I never felt aggrieved by it, but I don't think it's a good look for the game if you've got you know, high-profile players doing that, So obviously, the filter is not good. And we, t- we have contact issues on pies at junior level, and that's not good. And we saw the Toby Green one. Uh, yeah. That was a pretty strong message. But uh, if you look at that, I mean, that's just... Average, I would have thought. I mean, you got Matt Stevick in a fluoro green shirt, and you got a player walking towards him. Oh, I didn't see you. I mean, do you see like the bloke in the fluoro vest <laughs> on the road? I mean, <laughs> so um, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because because umpires are right there. You, you're right in the contest. You're right. You, you know, it's it's not like um, you don't exist. Yeah. So well, it is I potential can, I, that, yeah. that stuff take, like that I happens. I can take clips right? and knocks and bumps. No, sorry, mate. Yeah, it's all good. But the, the ones where it's a face to face interaction, I think they're a bit different. Did you get any hits? Yeah. Um, you know, about backing out of a Yeah, team? Stuart Lowe hit me at Amy Stadium once. Stewie Lowe. I think he's still big. on the ground. He never got up. Oh, I was, I was <laughs> wary, but I was oh, hard. I was boy. like Michael Tuck, hard wary. I'm surprised you're just sitting here right yeah. now. You're not split in half. He was a big man, Stewie Lowe. He, he had hands like, it's extraordinary. Like he could hold like, they reckon, 26 eggs in his cupped hands. But yeah, that's going a long way back now. Yeah. Do you practice running backwards? I get asked that question all the time. Like a lot of people ask that. We do. There are they are part of the drills, but not like you do laps and laps backwards. But there are part of it because sometimes you have to run backwards. Is, is, is there direction to that? Like the, the, in terms of you know uh, when you when you're coming to this angle of the play, you need to flip around and run backwards. Not really. Just just how you feel in the game. If you're doing a fifty, you obviously want to back off because players are charging you. I've got to have you know comms with players. You know, just hold there. We'll keep out of the zone. So I'm running backwards a fair bit, but we don't practice it. Like we don't do laps and laps doing backwards running. That would be a bit of a nonsense. Imagine. Um, I know you, you almost um, marked the ball once that came at you pretty close. I did, yeah. Um, yeah I never, um, you almost yeah. had a Peter Carey. Nearly. Oh, it, it no, you sort of, you sort of ducked. Yeah, yeah, but that duck, yeah. they actually they, they still shot at me almost looking like an alien. <laughs> and that got played around. I said, that was a horrible look for me. Yeah, umpire blunder was titled. And I was like, yeah. Um, what about bouncing the ball? Because um, part of me... The like the person who just loves like the traditional aspect of footy like wants to keep the bounce, but if you never bounce the ball and you always throw it up, it would always be an even contest. Mm-hmm. So, will there ever be a time where they they get rid of the bounce? Why don't we just get a round ball down, just have an even contest everywhere? Let's just do that, make it all flat oh, and normal. No, but fair, to set fair. the game, to start the game, then then it's even, but then the ball can go crazy. So let's just have a tip. That's off. that's my question. That's, 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 that's no, no. But let's just get NBA players in, just do tip offs, just have a nice flat. That's what know, people are calling for. Penalty's out there calling for it right now because Grundy went down with an injury. Yeah, that's but why. if Brody doesn't go down, is he bringing it up? No. I wouldn't have thought so. No, I think the great thing about our game is just the nuance of the oval shaped ball, the bounce, the Stephen Mill. You know, that bounces to him. He's a Premiership player. That bounces mm. the other way. He's not. He's, he's career defined by that. Bouncing the ball. I can bounce it pretty straight most of the time. You know, Ray Chamberlain, not as high. Um, Matt Nichols, really high. So there's varying heights and players have to adjust and sometimes they drift off and we call a player. I, I think that's the great thing about our game. Having said that, 
I don't want to have uh, umpires who are good decision makers, you know, left out of the game because of a, a skill that they probably can't master. Yes. So that's mm. the balance. Should we just maybe start each quarter, maybe, and then soften back to throwing up? Because once we do a bad bounce, no one cares when we throw it. This is great. Let's get the game going. It's only umpiring people who probably care. I've got a few more to ask from us, and then I think we're going to get to Scotia. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, absolutely yeah. packed. Yeah. Absolutely packed. And before we get to Scotia, we're going to do a bit of DMAR gets um, wow. social readouts, if mm. that's all right. Three more from me. If you want to chuck one in there, you can. What was it like travelling as an umpire? People forget that you guys travel, like just like players do, exactly the same. Is it? Was it? Did it affect your game? Did you enjoy the travel aspect? Yeah, I did. Got I a mean, family as well. Yeah, I had I had no choice but to travel. Um, but I've had Melbourne umpires come over. How on earth did you do this? Um, what did I do it? Two hundred and thirty nine times, or whatever I did, crazy amount. I think I've gone round the world eight times in my travel. One point <laughs> eight million kilometres. Wow. I enjoyed it actually. You, know, you get your appointment on Monday. Okay, I know I'm flying out Friday. My game's at two forty Saturday. I know I'll be home at midnight. That was part of my my journey, my enjoyment. You know, I could you know go get some um, kids' gear in the shops and stuff. You sort of just plan around all those things. So, am I going to miss that part? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the camaraderie of you know catching up with umpires in Melbourne for dinner and you know talking and post game catch ups. I miss that because that's as I say, we're, we're not even the players. You know, catching up and as much as um. We don't get to see each other, you know, during the week. Um, the games were the, the special part of what we did it for. So, yeah, I missed that part, but I enjoyed it. I mean, sometimes it was tough. You know, you, you do those Sunday afternoon twilight games and they finish at like 5.50 and you're on the 8.30 flight and you get home at 1 o'clock and you're back at work. I mean, I'm not like players. I'm not playing PlayStation on Monday for covering. I'm at work. You that's know? my next mm. question. Yeah. Now, Dan, stop whacking me. I'm not a player anymore. You I'm know, on the same like, level you as know, you. I'd go into the West Coast, like... <laughs> Players lounge. They're on ping pong, Nintendo. I'm thinking I've got to go back to work after. Well, I've just done this session. Been abused for an hour. In front <laughs> yeah. of the and they're just having their latte. I'm going. How good is this game? But my God, get into this. The, uh, the, the messed I can up. I cannot say I was not. So having, right. I was not having lattes with the players. I was walking past their their kitchen. So correct. Like genuine, just PlayStation set up everywhere. <laughs> and ping pong. I mean, that's my next question. Was anyone? Is anyone full time right now as an umpire? Yeah. And has ever, anyone ever been? And what was that like? Balancing between. Yeah. And umpiring. Really good question. Um, people like, we should be full-time. Um, I always said no um, because some players' careers last for 20 years like mine um, and some, play, some umpires' careers last seven years. So if you go full-time umpire, what do you do if you retire at 46? Oh, shit, I'm just an umpire. What am I going to do? So, Hang on. I'll, before you keep going, counter that with as a player. What am I meant to do at 33 when I retire? Yeah, but you got more... Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, but you were full time getting triple, quadruple the money that the player got, uh, umpire got. You don't know what I earned during my I, career, Dave. Are you going to share? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm saying it's different. I mean, our, our yeah. highest paid umpires are probably on our best umpires, top 10, maybe 150, 160 a year. So it's reasonable, but they've got a job. Um, uh, full time, would it make me a better umpire? It wouldn't. NRL umpires are full time. Are they are any they? better? I, I see howlers weekly. Now, how, you're full time. But it's just the way the game's played. It wouldn't change my preparation. I needed – I work in footy now, obviously, but I had a job where – and I always treated umpiring as my sport. That was just my release valve, and I was lucky I got to do it at the highest level with the best players on the best ground, so I was really fortunate. But I think I needed a bit of a balance. You know, what if you're injured for two years and you couldn't umpire? What are you going to do? There's only so much vision or so many schools you can go to and talk about umpiring. I think you need a balance. So I don't think it would – it wouldn't stop me making three errors a game if I was full-time. And I think that's what Eddie Maguire says, make them full-time, pay them 300 again. They'll just be better. I'm not convinced we would be. Yeah, I mean, you see some players go about it. They're probably on five, 600 grand. They're not very good, are they? That's what I mean, yeah. Not going to name any players yeah, either, yeah. Um, Last one. <laughs> Why aren't there more past players umpiring? 
What do you think? I mean, you started playing your career, but I'm talking AFL players finish the game, yep. go into umpiring. I'm surprised there's not more of those. Well, I heard you on a show the other week. We were saying you basically tore your calf walking up your own stairs. <laughs> so, what, what I'm what I'm saying there is the fitness levels of players drop off very quickly. And I think we spoke about this on the phone. Yes, and it's a great question. We'd love more players to umpire, but the reality is, at 33 years of age, they've retired. They've been through all these pre seasons. And umpiring is not easy. You've got to do a pre-season. You've got to train twice a week. You've got to get scrutiny. You're going to have to get some social media feedback. And you're like, I don't want that. And we're going to pay $350 a week to do it. <laughs> Will's going, oh, I don't walk out my front door for $350, so I'm not going to do umpiring. <laughs> so that's why it's hard. We'd yeah. love more. And Lee Fisher's done it. Um, Jordan Bannister did it. Um, Andre Jin Fagner's done it. Brett Wallace has done it. But, again, they were, they were early to late, t- uh, late 20s. They yeah. weren't sort of like 30, 30, 35. I mean, it's a big caper. and Taking a toll on it's the tough, you know. I'd love to have more in it. We'd love, but we had a, we had a player come down last year. Um, I can't remember what his name was, but yeah, I want to do it. Lasted one session, didn't see him again. <laughs> it's the fitness element. It's tough. Like how, how many Ks are you f- covering? In uh, anywhere between 13 and 15 Ks a game. Same as players. You know, just, just you know, for and, you know, the players come off, Will. You go off and have a ice fest and have a drink and sit there for three minutes. We don't come off. So, yeah, I mean, I know you didn't umpire 2018 grand final, um, clearly. But, <laughs> but, but, oh, no, I've been, I've been waiting to whack you. But you, uh, didn't come, you didn't come off a lot. Defenders don't. I, know, I understand. But, this, but honestly, other than Ed Langdon, I think we're getting, we're tackled. We're getting ravaged. We're, understand. But we're still out there for the whole game. Yes. Don't come off. There's Do you no want a rotation. trophy? Would you like a medal? A trophy? I, think, I think Ed Langdon and Steve. May the only two players in the AFL who have not come off all season. Yeah, I think that's underrated as well at Melbourne. Like they've got guys that 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 makes a big difference in their midfield. Yeah, because Oliver Petrarca don't play one hundred percent game time, yep. and they get time to rest, and then they come on, and then the most impactful players yeah, in the true. competition. It's interesting, isn't it? and and two two guys to do that in one team would mean at, at a minimum two more changes a game for the team and that would go to the midfield but yeah. it's probably three or four because the way it changes around everyone yeah. they'd be getting they'd be getting an extra change or, or three in their midfield yep. which is why they're the best in the comp not yep. why they're the best in the comp but can I just say to all back chat viewers uh, yes. I have challenged Will Schofield to come to the Waffle umpiring group yes. just to get a feel of what it's like to be a boundary umpire a goal umpire and a field umpire and then he'll then report back and go geez. It's a bloody hard caper. That's why no players do it. Roaming Charlie. Yep. Uh, I reckon. I reckon we got. Yeah, I reckon. Massive yeah. under the lights at Ernest Johnson Reserve in Como. Watch this space. Dan right. V. Will. Yeah, I'll come. It'd be how, huge. How do you think you'd go as an umpire, Dan? I reckon I could bounce it well. I've done it a lot. You've done it a lot. Yeah. When was the last time you bounced a ball in the middle of the, the MCJ? <laughs> oh, no, no, but I, I, when you take the footy down the uh, park, I'm always just chucking it down. When, when was the you're last not, time you took it? We're, we're going to get 30 umpires in a circle. You're going to go in the middle with all the heat and yeah. the pressure and the scrutiny. Brilliant. We'll put you in the cricket pitch at AJ. Oh, this is the thing that scares now, me, now I'm getting excited. The thing that scares oh. me the most is the, is it throwing it backwards because I feel like they get it in the like a lot of the time just in the perfect spot. Yeah. Like, and you just more, more, more questions yeah. keep. Okay, so so players would stand around waiting for training and practice bouncing. Do umpires standing around for training have shots at goal and kick the footy we and used, handball? We used to, but a couple of our goal umpires got a ball in the head. It got a bit oh and It was a bit untidy. And then we had a couple of like hemis go, and we just need umpires. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we used to do a bit of that with some of our drills, handball drills. We we're all frustrated former footballers, so that that doesn't leave. That's interesting. Mm. But some players bounce the ball pretty well. I remember we'd come down to training and... Luke Shuey does it well. And I was like, that's remember. not bad. Then I said, how about umpiring? He says, you're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's very good. Have you got anything else to chat about? No, let's get into Scotial. No, nah, before we do Scotial, I want to do, oh, right. do this in the middle. So, so 
I mean, one one really big reason to get you on here, mate, is that human element because, like, I, I did experience the human element. I, I like, and again, I know I'm taking the piss, but I hate umpires as much as anyone else because you, if you, you actually affected me more than the punters <laughs> in the stands. Like, it's my job that, and, and I know it was never what you meant. You're applying the rules, but that's just how it went. And I've got a good nature about it, and we can sit back and have a laugh. But you see a lot of players speaking about the uh, interactions they have with the public, um, both externally and on social media. And for me personally, I know a lot of guys, 95%, 99% is positive. Yep. And people are respectful and can give banter and give you shit and you can give it back and it's all good. But I reckon umpires may actually cop more on social media. Is that, mm-hmm. do you reckon that's true? Yes, that's You've seen players come out saying it, but yep. what's it like finishing up after a game on social media for an umpire? My last five years, um, I've never seen it as bad. Um, I would get into my car and just click on it. And occasionally I wouldn't click on it for weeks. And I'd go, what's all these message requests there, you know, in the, in the messenger there? And I clicked on them and all of a sudden, boom, there they were. And then Instagram came on. And, and people would say to me, why do you go on them now? I said, well, why, why should I not be to share photos with, with my kids and family because of some, you know, nufties on there? I shouldn't change my life. You know, yeah. I'm a human. But it, it, it does make for good fodder to share with people when you do um, some Bet, speeches and stuff. Betting, team losing. Um, like, what, no, what was, was the driver? Ne- no, it was just... Um, creative feedback for me on how what they thought I was as a person and what my mum should be doing, what my wife did last, all that stuff, very personal stuff. It wasn't about you cost me my multi or um, that free kick. It was just all personal. Have you got some? I have. I'd love to hear them if this you is, want to share. This is one. I'm going to read it exactly how I get it. So this was 6.34pm on August the 2nd, two years ago. So straight after the game. Yep. Mate, you are the most one-sided ump ever. Go back to fucking umpiring junior footy, you mong. You're so bad and you should be ashamed of yourself. Go to spec savers, you fucking blind fuck. You legit look like a pedophile, you prick. That's hectic. Luke Greenmount. <laughs> we'll name names here. We should name names, shouldn't mate, we? Absolutely. Yeah. Dead, set, mate, sit dead set, mate. Hand in your whistle. You're a flog. Um, you're a cheating fucking dog, mate. Wow. You are a cheating prick, and because the AFL is corrupt, you will get away with it. You are a one-eyed eagle, and I've gone through the stats over the years, and I've got the numbers. You have consistently screwed Fremantle, and you constantly get the Eagles back in games when they are behind. You are a disgrace to oh Aussie rules. Not AFL, because it's a joke. Your family and I have no doubt you will burn in hell for your lack of profession and arrogance. Up yours. You will burn your family, and you'll burn in hell. Yeah. Jeez. No Kennedy, no Optus, no Dean gets no West Coast. Thanks, Neil Burton. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are the shittest fucking umpire and always trying to stitch up Freo, you stupid K-A-R-N-T. I, 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 I will say, look, if an, if an umpire has ever had an impact on a game, I'd spew up. Like, I, I, get, I, I fully get it. Sitting in the crowd, listening, watching, whatever you're doing, you get frustrated with umpiring decisions. I still do it. But there's no way it impacts the game because it impacts everybody. Mm. Like, yes, it impacts the game, but it's, it impacts the teams. It's... This one here, hope you get glassed next time you umpire Optus, you scumbag. So this photo here, I'm not sure if you can see that. That's a picture of me talking to three Eagles players before a game. I think it's Luke Shuey, Tom Barass and Josh Kendi. You might not be able to zoom in on there. Yeah. That's just an interaction pre-game. Yeah. I'm having a giggle. It was actually a bit of a joke about, I think, some probably the banter I cop regarding West Coast players. So that picture got taken by someone in the crowd and then, well, away it goes. Now, I've had pictures with Nat Fife and players and... So that there, they'll just assume that we're having a laugh about whatever they're thinking, and it's so not accurate. Yeah. We could have had those laughs at training and no one would see that, would they? Yeah. Um, 
So that's where it got a little bit unsavory. I've had um, death threats left in my letterbox. I had to get like the AFL integrity department to sort of put a little camera on my oh. letterbox for a week or two. Um, now, I accept um, my role in umpiring. I've probably been the face of footy in umpiring for probably the last 15 years. Um, that's just part of it because most people wouldn't name another umpire in WA, could you? Other than Jeff Douglas, you'd know. Yeah. But outside that, you wouldn't probably know. But I think when it goes to that point when your family start to get affected um, and your, your parents, and that's a bit untidy. Absolutely. Disgusting. And sometimes I replied to these. I thought I was going to reply back and say, how would you like it if that was your son or daughter? And, and you get, oh, I didn't think you were, you were real. I didn't, I didn't know if that was really you. I said, well, who do you think it was going to be? Like, so That's what I was going to ask next because like, I've copped I've cop similar maybe, but I always, I always front foot it and just go straight back at them yeah. because you're a person yeah. too, right? And they should know that. Like, they need to know that yeah. too. You want to say that, like. I'm down at the I'm down yeah. at the Queen's Hotel. Come down and have a beer with you. Like, <laughs> exactly. they're always friendly. Yeah, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm going to fight you. No, no. Exactly. Fought anyone in my life. Yeah, but it's yeah. like if you actually want to talk about it, let's let's have a chat. Yeah. Come down and have a chat. Yeah. Not one person's no, ever I had a chat. Do it. I actually got one lady who found her husband's account who actually emailed me back and apologised. I'm so I cannot believe my husband did that. I suffer from mental <laughs> health, and if it's cool, it was really nice. Um, but yeah, it gets a bit crazy. I mean, there was one um, Frio support who just launched. I mean, I saw his photo. And I looked at it and he was hugging his two grandkids. This bloke about 60. I thought, mate, are you serious? Like, you're writing that and you hold... So I actually sent it to the AFL. The AFL contacted Freo and he was actually a member. And to Freo's credit, they actually uh, ended up suspending the bloke for probably a couple of years just for that's not what their club represented. So oh. I just thought that was a really good message that um, that club sort of supported the game, the umpires rolled in it, and they didn't want to stand for that. So, you know, the old standard you walk past is the standard you accept. I think that was a really good message. Oh, I would just wrap that up with, well, you just got to respect people, don't you? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, be good to one another. Happy with that? Yep. Um, you're not on Cameo, are you, Dino? Cameo? Yeah. I thought maybe maybe it'd place for D Margets to live on. That would I be that, that actually would be a fire. Yeah. So Cameo is a place, uh, celebrity request. Now, you know, depends what sort of level uh, celebrity we're talking about with you, Dean. But high um, le- high level yeah, functioning high le- one I would have thought. Well, <laughs> so so Cameo, you can do requests for, you know, Mother's Day coming up. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, Mother's Day. Yeah. Will, get me on that. Right. Yeah. Um, you can do, you know, Dean Margetts gives you a message. They might want a, you know, a Frio fan, a West Coast fan, and you can send them a direct message. Hmm. I, I, did, message. I actually think you go... Can you agent me? Can you hook me in? Mate, back we've chat's got the code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, back chat, yeah. yeah. I'll would, give you, would you I'll actually give, do I'll that or you, not? Absolutely, I would. 100%. I want to do that. That would blow yeah. up. Yeah, it would. I, I'll you come to I'll come to house. I'll give green shirts. Out. No, no, no. You just you don't need to go out. You don't need to no, leave your I'll, house. I'll, I'll go new level. I'll go <laughs> next level. Well, for an extra hundred, I'll go. Come uh, to social media brought to you by Cameo and D Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Right. I'll do that. All right, great. Okay, okay. good. Well, I had heard about that, but now, yeah. yeah, we're yeah. going to sort you out. Let's that. humanize the umpires, eh? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. okay. Yeah. So social media, which you would have heard about before as well. You heard about that? I have. Social media, one of the greatest podcasting segments of all time. Um, where the people get to ask the guests the question. Enough Love of me this. and Dan. We are but a conduit to you and the fan. We all good over there, Charlie. We all got enough memory on the memory card. We don't want to run out with this one. This is a big episode. Morgan, double underscore, clug. Uh, the most respectful player you umpired. Most respectful. Harry Taylor, Geelong. Yeah. Just Three votes. No, not votes. No, <laughs> defender. Just the way you said yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that. No, he was the sort of guy that he would say, hey, now, Dino, that freak, I think you're right, but can you just – you almost wanted to give him a cuddle when you explained. You almost felt bad. He was just such a nice bloke. Did you get that on the field? 
With Harry Taylor? Oh, oh no, <laughs> no, I was, I was thinking of the umpires. <laughs> Harry Taylor, incredibly respectful. No, I'm off the field, but then to get him on back chat. Yeah, okay, he's cool. in WA now. He's a good fella. Um, I, I've always had a good rapport with Josh Kennedy. He's always been a really good fella. And I, I just want to congratulate Josh on his Saturday night goal. He's a, he's a great person and well done for that great achievement. Um, uh, Dave Mundy was always a good fella. Like, you know, Dave Mundy. I, 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 JK, I have rec- recollections of JK. Dino, Dino, like... Quarter time break, that's or right. he just called he Dino, Dino, mate, mate, I've got this bloke hanging off that's me. Right. You, you've got to be able to help that's me exactly out. That's exactly what like, he says. I'm yeah. really pleading. Yeah. Like, yeah. Dino, I know you're trying to do a job, mate, but like, <laughs> he speaks like that. Though. But can I just say, though, on my last game, when I'm walking off um, the Western Derby last year, when obviously they're all shaking hands, Josh Kennedy ran from his pocket to run to shake my hand and say, Congrats on a great career. Because I always joked with Shannon, Josh, about who was going to last longer. And I said, I've got you covered, you old blokes. I'll and they beat me. Ah. <laughs> so the Twitch crowd, that was really nice, mate. And my friends in the, in the crowd sort of filmed that. And it's something that I've, I've always kept. So I think that was out of all the nice. players, he, he raced after me and said, hey, well done, a good career. So I really appreciate it. Did you get clapped off? The Dockers, yeah. It took me 377 games, 20 years to get a standing ovation. Now, I know for our one, but I was nice. I actually stood out there and sort of savoured the moment a bit and said, thank you. <laughs> I actually gave a kid my sweatband. Oh, you can see your watch. It's a rock star. Take, <laughs> take off your Rolex. <laughs> I gave him my sweatband, and then the next day he said, "Dima gets sweatband. A thousand dollars smells like deep heat." I said, "A thousand dollars? If you get ten, you've stolen." It was like, it's on there somewhere. It was really funny. That's great. great. Mm. All right, we're going to whip through these because we've got a lot. Uh, Stefan underscore one zero three nine. What's the hardest rule to adjudicate? Holding the ball. Um, there's so many cues, so many layers. Okay. Tim Scoey. Uh, Relation? Exp- I, I don't know. It's spelt the right way. Uh, we, we've already covered this. Let's, let's move okay, on. Sorry. Um, it was about Brownlow votes. Okay, okay. T double underscore dizzy triple underscore. Very good. The first one there? Yeah, first one. On average, how many kilometres does an AFL umpire have done that? Yeah, sorry. Next one. Would you be surprised if in the next two to three years there are AFL umpires being busted for match fixing? Staggered. Absolutely staggered. Yeah. Won't happen. Right. It hasn't happened for 100 years and won't happen in the next 100 years. It, can't, it just won't. This is a good one. Mark.Evans13. Um, the, the Mark Evans from Gold Coast? Mark Evans. Maybe. No. I'd be, I'll, 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 this, it, this show's got legs. It would not surprise me <laughs> no. if CEO, former CEO, former, CEO. former CEO of Gold Coast was listening. <laughs> Help settle a debate between me and my girlfriend. Are the umpire shirts green or yellow? She says they're yellow. We've got one behind us. Um. Who's she? Is, is there a name there the for wife, she? Uh, wife of? No, uh, Mrs. of Mark, Mark Evans. Evans. Um, I'm sorry to say Mrs. Evans. Um, it's green. Is it? Yellow. Having said that, though, is we that do know our clash strip is yellow. So she might have seen a yellow oh, game. Yeah. So technically, she's, they're, they're both right. What about when you went through the period of there was oh, in orange. blue and purple we and had, orange? No, so we got, yeah, we, was we, red. We, we had red, orange, green, white. And it, like, did you have to pack them all coming to the I games? never did So I got on the plane Always in a full stress Going If I didn't print off the sheet And highlight that colour It was yeah <laughs> A lot of guys forgot shirts Had to I mean I know one umpire Had to I think he chartered an Uber For like from Geelong To the MCG Because he forgot his gear And it was just oh a boy. nightmare yeah. I reckon bring back Bring back the white With the blue and red strip Yeah I love that That was Yeah that, that was, was, yeah, that was legit. Legit. My first four or five years I love that it was That soft was soft material I looked fast in white I could get across <laughs> the ground Good <laughs> Uh, what about um, Hayden Nacker? 
Uh, how common was it for players to cross the line in terms of abuse standpoint? And do you wish the current rules were in place? Uh, were sorry. Do you wish the current rules were in place from when you first started out? Not really, because I think it all goes through in, in cycles. Um, and I, I, I never had a massive issue with it. A couple of times, the guys would give you a few little sprays, which warrant fifty. But I never felt in danger, threatened, insulted by many of the conversation with the players. Um, I'm comfy with the AFL taking it, but I, yeah, I, I think it's okay. No, I wouldn't like what's happening today back when I started. Did you ever give 100? Yes. The double 50? Against Brendan Favola once. Yeah, it was actually a Carlton West Coast game against Glassy. I remember it, yeah, 100. For abuse? I think it was a free kick. Yep, paid it. And abuse, and then he gave me a bit more feedback. So, well, we might as just give him a go. I think oh, that's pretty sure it was 100. <laughs> it's a long time ago. I think that's the only one I gave, yeah. Glassy would have double appreciated yeah. it, no doubt. Another good, another good fella, Glassy. Yes. Hard defender. Yes. Chris got Insta. No Chris, way. No, Chris got Insta, oh, not Chris God, Scott Insta. How, how's he found me? Uh, what was the funniest <laughs> I'm <not> thing? <laughs> I'm not employed anymore. I'm unplugged. Leave me alone. Uh, what was the funniest thing you've ever heard from a player on the field? Uh, that, that Sam Mitchell one's pretty good. Don't, fuck, that, don't I, fucking miss. Oh, I got, I uh, probably Nathan Buckley. It was in my second or third year. I think he knew I was from Perth and I paid a freak against him on the wing and Subiaco Oval. <coughs> Excuse me. And he looked at me and he goes, Dino, I know you're on TV now. You've paid the shittiest free kick. Can we just get on with the game and just sort <laughs> your shit out, all right? And I'm like, okay, Nathan. I'm thinking, wow, okay. That was a reasonable interaction with one of the game's greats. But um, I get on really well with Bucks. So like, you know, as you go on, you sort of play as you umpired and then you, they coach. You know, It's always been a pretty good rapport. So, you know, Bucks and all those sort of guys. That's very good. Bitch. Fossey in there now. Fossey's in there uh, now. Evan underscore Rhett. I like this one. Uh, would you watch other AFL games on TV and question the umpire's decision? Or, or I'll just add a bit onto it, or do what most would do. Oh, not 50, or holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do watch it, and sometimes, yeah, you, you do get a bit funny on the in front of your family. I think you hammer it up in front of your, your friends a bit, but <laughs> I, I watch games now. If I go to a game at live, I, 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 can't, I can't watch it because I'm looking for the umpire to talk to me in my earpiece, and there's not there anymore because I'm not out there, so I kind of feel <laughs> a bit nude when I'm watching a game. But it's very hard. I don't go to many games now. I mean, I get a couple of free tickets every game I want to go to, but when you sit there and people know who you are, you just get... Oh, my gets what would you have done? It's a bit of a constant thing, or you know, so I, it's a bit easy just watching at home now, unless I'm up in the box. That's yeah. good, fair enough. Um, yeah, Michael underscore Edwards 92. Uh, what is the feeling like when you've made a poor call and the fans are on your back? If I know I've made a poor call, the, the fans don't bother me too much, but I know in turn I've made a blue, it, it's not great, but you've got to move on. And there's no, no umpire feels worse about making a mistake than the umpire themselves. There's nothing worse when you glance up at the replay and go, oh, how have I missed that or why didn't I pay that? Because you just can't get it back. just can't get it back. Do you hear the, uh, this one, Alex.Nuziante? Nice. Uh, funniest thing people from the crowd have said. Do you, do you actually hear that? As a player, I never would, but... Umpire, do you hear it? Yeah, when you're on the banjo, anyone who says you can't hear it, if I'm, you know, you're literally five metres away, yes. at Optus, you're almost on that level, yeah, absolutely, you can hear it, I mean, I've, yeah, lots of things. Um, Anything good though, banter-wise? Um, not really. I remember my last game, like, it was almost got to the point where subconsciously, I almost, the crowd went quiet and I could hear like, almost everything, like, my gets, you know, about time you're tired, you old git and all this stuff, and like, it was like a 10-year-old kid saying it, it was like a mum saying it, and it was like a granddad saying like, why is the whole family coming at me? Um, but not really. I mean, the, probably the funniest one was when I, I had this incident on a plane where I had to divert a plane and I had a burst stomach ulcer back in 2015, and as I was getting wheelchaired off, you know, the wheel of shame, you could call it, a couple of Eagles supporters said, 
Well, at least fucking Eggs will have a good start of the season. He's in hospital. <laughs> like, really? At my, my, my lowest ebb? Anyway, I actually have that in my... I've moved on, though. Yeah. Seven, have that in like our that. notes very early on that you and I have that in common because I've caused an emergency landing because ah. I had a seizure once. Yeah, sir. And that walk of shame down the aisle... Nothing worse than... You fought the plane down, did you? Yeah. yeah. couple well, of you. Yeah. That's, I've never met another plane yeah. diverter. Wow. He's, he's probably he's probably have a chat about it now, right? That's probably the worst part when wow. you're getting wheeled off and everyone's like, oh, "I'm missing my, my yeah." I know it's the worst thing because the bloke said to me, "We're gonna have to divert this plane." Said, "There's no way I'm diverting this plane of 180 people. No way. It's just a tummy ache. I'll be right." And he says, "Mate, you're going grey. If you don't divert, in the end, I had a burst stomach ulcer. If I had have gone the whole journey, I, I, it could have bled out, and you know, maybe back chat wouldn't have the ratings it had in <laughs> T underscore dizzy double underscore. He's got another one in. Um, who were the players that wowed you in terms of the way they played? Oh, yeah, good, great question. Um, Nick Rewalt, his courage and his running capacity. He would he would run three Ks pre-game just to warm up. Yeah, like he would run more pre-game. Will and you run in? Well, I'll be, pl- I'll, be, I'll, mate, I'll be playing on him. I'll be. Yeah, he would I'll just go be, out on the ground. I'll well, be literally I'm, in a tracksuit pant, and he would be in full, full kit, kit running, <laughs> not 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 jogging around like full on running, yeah, like not sprinting, yeah. but like like a good clip, like. And, He's a big boy as well. Just run. I mean, I unpod him in the National 18s comp back in 2000. I'm thinking, who's this skinny blonde kid from Queensland? And it was him and to have that career. Um, you know, Michael Voss's courage, you know, Simon Black's hands, you know, Ben Cousins' running capacity, Chris Judd's explosiveness, um, you know, Nathan Buckley's, you know, foot skills. I mean, I could go on for I'm, I'm name dropping, but I got to umpire those great players. You know, and Will, see them Will from Schofield's a metre away. Just, you know, mischievous defending. I mean, I got to umpire the greats. Um, that's very good. We've got two more. Okay. Uh, Gavro underscore 543. Uh, how good would it be to enter a bad spectator's workplace and umpire their day at work? Oh, I'd love to do that. That That is, who is that? I'm going to Gavro. Come, that's Gavro. Gavro. He's a good man. Let me know where you work. I'd love to come in and stand at maybe your boss's office. Or he probably has abused me and just give him the same feedback at office. <laughs> and you also would have, I, I, I have like vis, uh uh, memories of the umpires like walking down the race and like people leaning over the oh, fence yeah. and like really, really you know what at Subiaco Oval and we all know this there used to be a cyclone fence down where we used to walk in and out and I remember people would literally throw bourbon at me and I'm thinking I don't even drink so that's cost you ten fifty. so <laughs> I'm either worth a fair bit for that I'm like oh, mate good on you and you give it back to them and there's nothing they could do with all like caged animals that's why they changed it to the PVC thing So we because of you because yeah. you giving it back was, oh. it's probably called the DMR gets PVC <laughs> <laughs> people say to me have you got a, like a, a stand named after you at Optus no but there's a urinal there that's named after me I'm sure <laughs> <of> it <laughs> oh that's very good alright last one Marshy.omira uh, the biggest decision an umpire he has had to make. Biggest decision as an umpire he has had to make. Yeah, Read it. Biggest decision as an umpire you've had to make. Uh, she had is it. One, how many is it? Well, is I mean, the one that I didn't make was the, you know the contact Lonnie's Luke Shuey in the prelim. That's a massive right. non-decision, which probably cost me uh, maybe a grand final. Um, oh, there's so there's so many. How do you how do you remember them all? Um, hard to answer. Did you did you pay any free kicks that you felt? Uh, not change the game, but but influence the result directly. Uh, I literally, I literally can't remember any because no. I've just umpired so many games. There's, I mean, what's three seventy seven times? If you asked me the same question, I'd be like, it's so hard to say. I, yeah, there, there would be there would be a you know probably twenty or thirty decisions. Yeah. That it, I paid one fifty. I was a West Coast away game in Melbourne. I remember, and the ball was in general play, and I blew my whistle and said, "That's fifty. And I thought, I thought I made the right decision, but. 
it couldn't be 50. It either a free kick or nothing because the game was actually still happening. So it was just a brain fade. And my coach ran me up and said, talk me through this. And I didn't know what to say. And then they said, you can go back to Waffle and think about it. So, <laughs> so, when, people, so when people say we're not a cannibal, mate, you're only going back to Waffle. And I was lucky in, in probably the last 10 years I didn't have to go back because I was probably in the top part of the group. But there's nothing more humiliating when you go back to Waffle or your state league and you get some feedback as to why you're back there because people know. They just know. Well, well, again, like welcome to being Will Schofield, mate. I was the most dropped player in West Coast Eagles history. I know all about being embarrassed back in the waffle. And, you, and the feedback you'll get. But the funny thing is we're talking about umpires. If I ever saw an AFL umpire back there with me, you would give, you would remind I would them. give it to him because I knew, you know what, he's the same as fucking me. He's been dropped and I'm going to give it to him. So he, he gave a freaky against me. Like, if, you, if it was you, Dino, I'd be like, oh, and look who we've got here. Oh, you've been dropped, haven't you, big fella? There's no comeback, because what it's are you saying to me? Oh, you've been dropped too. Yeah, I know, man. I'm right here. No, yeah. It's funny. I did it. I umpired a game in Cunderdon yes. yesterday, actually. I like oh. to get back to the game and um, just enjoying just different levels of footy and getting feedback from the fans and then giving a bit back because there's no mic, so it's pretty good. <laughs> right, and I, I, I started to pick up a few players' names. So I'd go, oh, you know, Reese, just come back two metres, mate, in line. And they went, Reese, Dean Mark gets knows your name. How good is that? I never thought about that. I wasn't trying to big note myself, but the, f- the players just reacted really well and it was, it was pretty funny. That's, that's unreal, great. mate. Mm. Um, that's it. You had fun on back chat? Good, enjoyed it. Yeah, mm. we could do it more. But yeah. I'm happy to cameo up or back chat up anytime you need me. Yeah, thank you for the questions. We got, we, got, we got a little, just a little, just a teaser. We've got some stuff in the works that I think Dino may yeah. offer a fair bit for. Yeah. Can't go into it too much, but that's Dean Margetts, unplugged, access all areas. We appreciate your time, mate. My pleasure. Um, you can find us on backchatpodcast.com today. You, you, you just see how much brain capacity I actually was using a defender here. Not even looking at anything. Backchatpodcast.com. Com.au. You can email us at hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. You can find us on social media while you're not abusing DMR gets. <laughs> Backchat double underscore on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, on Reddit. You can find us on YouTube. If you haven't watched this episode, jump on, subscribe. That's everything. That's a beautiful shirt you got on, Dan. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 